0: chicks.
1: Is that the movie that's got, does that have Winona Ryder saying, my whole life is one dark room?
2: Oh, you
3: know it is. Yeah.
1: I don't say that, I wouldn't say that that's the best Tim Burton film ever, but all the elements of the Tim Burton style are there. And they got a bunch of his, uh, it's got Jeffrey Jones, and it's got the, uh, what's got Winona Ryder? And it's got, isn't it, is the mom, is that Catherine O'Hara? Who is the, uh, who is Jeffrey Jones' wife? That moves into the house in Beetlejuice. Who is the who is the hideous wife?
3: I remember she's the mom from Home Alone.
1: Ah, uh, that it's not Catherine O'Hara then. It's a woman. It's a woman you get when you can't get Catherine O'Hara. All right. No, I know who you're talking about though. No, she's great too. And you know, and you know who else? You know the guy who is the the guy who's the kind of real estate appraiser who comes in to do the weird mumbo jumbo voodoo ceremony. You know who he is? He's the. Uh, uh, the answer is not found in the MTV video games. He's the oh, preacher yeah. from Heathers. The guy about our oh, little Eskimo. Ah, oh, fantastic. Excellent. Good for you. Uh, the part of Beetlejuice was written for which now deceased stand-up comic, Sarah Dillon? Um, Sam Kinison. Oh. It was written Sam Kinison was supposed to be Beetlejuice. I Juice. could see that. Uh, and then I think of it, I think the movie actually came out before he died, so I think that might have just been, the contract fell through, or he had some sort of spiraling coke addiction or something that made it untenable. Anyway, there you go. Whatever happened to Michael Keaton? There was a time, remember when Michael Keaton used to make movies? Those days are gone. I haven't seen Michael Keaton in a new film.
3: Last thing I saw was um, the Baghdad movie. Live from think. Baghdad. Yeah. That was a
1: made-for-HBO thing, and that was like five years ago. All right, well, whatever. Uh, Hello, it's 4 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and this the month of October in the year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming along making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid State Radio. Thank you for uh, joining us today. It is uh, Wednesday and welcome to Day 12. It's 503-733. Pardon me. Pardon me. I, I inhaled a thing. It's 503-733-2970. You want to join us today with your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your uh, what have you. It's 503-733-2970. Scotty DeJ standing by, ready, willing, and able in his hovel to pass along your comments about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the whatever, the what have you, the odds and ends, the where to force and whatnots. It's It's 503 733 at 970, it is the Rick Emerson the radio program. All right, uh, before we do anything else, I should have to tease a couple of things. First, we have the best phone call to play back today, and it's not even from our program. Uh, it's from our good friends Court and Fatboy, who work across the hall. And usually, when they say across the hall on radio, that's sort of slang or figure of speech, but really, they work about 14 feet away from us, uh, where Dan Bozick is, uh, is standing right now. But there was the best call ever to the court and fat boy show last night and there is a reason for us to be playing it i got an email did you did he send it to you as well i don't think so all right i you haven't know?
3: checked my work email yet though.
1: court sent me a hug with i'll play it back here in a second it's it, it really is wonderful so there's a great call from court and fat boy last night that you will care about so we'll uh, we'll play that back uh we will also talk about my ozzy Osbourne artifact which i actually had with me all day yesterday and forgot to even mention because i was so excited about the ozzy did you Osbourne. It yet? No, no no i got it i put it in my desk drawer I, uh, I was so busy playing back that Ozzy liner that he recorded for us like a thousand times in a row uh, that I never even... I didn't even get a chance, actually, uh, to uh, to talk about the uh, the artifact. So intent was I uh, on on playing back the... Uh...
4: Hi, this is Ozzy Osborne, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. Emerson!
1: <laughs> I'm going to play that a thousand more times for the week is done, by the way. So if you're sick of it now, you might as well just tune up, because you've got another two and a half days of, of hearing that. Uh, I'm going to create some master mix. That's just, that's just that and the uh, the Paul Stanley thing. I used to have this CD, actually, that was just nothing but drunk driving PSAs from rock stars of all stripes. And it was a whole lot of like, hi, this is Sting. Please don't drink and drive. And at one point, I had created, and then I think I had actually manipulated it with software to make it sound like they were all in the studio. I had created what what sounded for all the world. It just like this massive conglomeration of rock stars all saying that they were listening to the Rick Emerson radio program. And it went on for some absurd length of time. It went on for like 94 seconds. And it was just one rock star after another. And if you were listening to it with just sort of a, the casual attention, you would have thought that they were all endorsing this radio program. Okay. Um... So we'll talk about the Ozzy Osbourne artifact that I have from yesterday. Uh, we'll play this Phoenix call. What else is coming up today? Bob Costantini will be joining us from uh, CNN Radio Washington. We'll also talk to uh, Jim Roop in Los Angeles. The great thing about talking to Jim Roop is that whenever he's on the clock, we just book him. Because even if something hasn't really happened at 11 a.m., by the time 2 p.m. rolls around, or whenever it is we talk to him on any given day, somebody will have been arrested. So As uh, Don Henley would say, somebody will be in emergency or somebody's going to jail. Somebody will be arrested. Somebody be in the detox. Somebody will have driven their car for cliff. Somebody's kids will have been taken away. So between now and two o'clock, something exciting will happen. You can make a book on that, Missy. Uh, today we'll do the top five, uh, top five goodbye songs. We'll get to those later on today. Speaking of goodbyes, we will talk to Scotty J, who's finishing out his last three days uh, with the Rick Emerson radio program. And I have to say this, I did have this little kind of... I did have this poignant moment, though, when I walked by Scotty and Tim in the kitchen today. I was in there talking to the vending machine guy. Were they uh, having their uh, coffee talk? They they were. It was a real estate chat with Tim. You guys ought to get a weekend show where it's just real estate roundup with Tim and Scotty.
5: I like to think I have more of a career than that left.
1: <laughs> well, we all like to think that. It doesn't mean it's true. Uh, <laughs> So, but I, I, was thinking to myself, who will Scotty discuss real estate with in the mornings now? The answer, no one. There'll be no one. So it sad. It, it really is. And you'll just sit in there reading the paper grimly, alone as you usually are. So yeah. the brief, the brief, small window of time during which you and Scotty could bond over the falling real estate market, it's drawing, the curtain is coming down on it. Sadly. Um, but I hope Scotty's going to come back and do some fill every now. Don't you? Man, let's pretend I do for, for the time being. Um, he did, the thing is, it's going to be Scotty's going to have his hands full because he's got. He's going to
3: do
5: that real job that cause he really wants.
1: Because he's got that. Because well, he's he got that million dollars in debt to pay off.
5: Once he makes all this money, and he will within his first month, he can be more demanding on his new management. And say, I'd like a little tie-off to take care of some personal things. What? Well, those personal <laughs> things will be here.
1: The, the personal things are screening my calls. Uh, let's see, what else is coming up today? Bob Costantini, Jim Roop, top five. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will be joining us today. We have a Darwin watch, clergy watch, uh, and I do believe we have what is a double geek watch. Uh, I think we're going to be getting to that. So, uh, Plus a whole pile of stuff uh, over here to my right. And uh, as I said, further discussions uh, with uh, Scotty J as, uh, as he finishes up this, his final week. All right. Now, now, see, now people are calling up and saying it is Catherine O'Hara, but that's wrong. That's just, that's just I, I incorrect. I got it from
3: Aaron and from Brad the car guy. I
1: got it from, from Scott Daly, too. Sounds like we're talking about Pink Eye. I got it from Scott Daly. Um, and somebody was just on hold. I think they bailed before we picked up the call, but somebody was just on hold. Uh, look, I'll tell you this right now. Oh, you know what? It might it be... Catherine O'Hara. Okay, you, but you know why I thought it wasn't? Because in my head, I am merging Home Alone with Uncle Buck. Because they are both John Hughes films with the weird, distant, strained parent-child relationship. Because in Uncle Buck, there's that... We, that woman in Uncle Buck, by the way, plays the mom, is just weird looking. There's just oh, something. it she
3: was weird. I didn't like her. She
1: looks like a crossdresser. She's been in a bunch of stuff too. She looks like a transvestite. There's just no getting around it. Uh, they, 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 but there's that. Catherine O'Hara is beautiful. Catherine, is. Oh, no. is. Hot as balls. She really is. Catherine O'Hara is gorgeous. Um, uh, and, and even now, she's—I mean, she's got to be almost sixty. She has to be. Catherine O'Hara's got to be in her fifties at, at least. But you go back and you watch a lot of those Christopher get like The Best in Show and Waiting for Government and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. She is just flat out gorgeous in all those films. And just as she gets older, there are very few women about about whom you can say that as they get older, they truly just become, in a way, more and more beautiful. Everybody always points to Susan Sarandon, but Catherine O'Hara, boy, she really is hot. Um, yeah, she is not the mom in Uncle Buck. She is the mom in Home Alone, and I, yeah, she is the wife uh, in Beetlejuice, which really is just a, it has to be said, just a fantastic film. All right, it's 503 733 nine seventy. Thank you for joining us today. We are joined, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan, why, hello, how are you?
3: I have to admit, I'm a little wonky today. I can't, wonky. Hear, I can't hear out of one of my ears. And I'm talking, and I sound really weird, and it keeps distracting. I keep getting distracted by the fact that I can't really hear myself, now, and then I keep forgetting what I'm talking about. Which ear is it? It's my left ear.
1: Now, when you say you can't hear anything,
3: like quite literally last night, I couldn't hear a damn thing. Really? I bought this, yeah, because I've been having this ear problem, and so I decided to try and home remedy it, which is stupid. And you I never, went never never do that. And I went to Fred Meyer and I got like this um, these ear drop things. They're just like ear cleaners, like wax like wax removal. Now it's just
1: like the nose kettle, but it's an ear kettle. I guess did, so. did it involve you pouring hot hot water into your ears?
3: Oh. No, no, it was drops. And you put, like, the drops in, you let them sit for a few minutes, and then they're supposed to just, you know, clean your... Magically? Magically clean your ear out, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. And um, so I tried to get it out. It wouldn't come out. Um, Then I used, like, the little squeezy thing, ball thing that came with. Tried to rinse it out, um, rendering myself completely deaf in that ear. I can't hear. I went and saw I'm a movie trying. last night. I'm, I'm
1: trying not to laugh, but the phrase <laughs> rendering myself completely deaf is hilarious.
3: Oh, it's so... What's so up, you Scotty? You went to the
1: movies? Scotty's, it in was the... In Mono. Oh. Scotty's in the studio for no reason. Oh, do you have to no, move her he car? Move car. Right. Who's
3: going to move my car when he's gone?
1: Who's going to move your uh, wife? <laughs> Thank you, Scotty. Don't yeah. even think about it, Scotty. Thank you, Scotty. Yeah, so uh, I can't
3: even hear anything. I'm completely off kilter.
1: So is it echoey? Like is it mumbled in front of It's her? not echoey. Hello? It feels like I'm
3: walking around wearing
1: one earplug. Now so you're not, you're not, you know how Brian Wilson feels. Also, Pete Townsend. Also, Rush Limbaugh. This is what happened to Rush Limbaugh right before he had that cochlear transplant.
3: Okay, can you stop?
1: I mean, no, 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 That's not
3: funny, really.
1: No, I'm sure that it's not. It's happen. not. Okay. Well, you know what happened? is You had some gunk in your ear. Uh, you, you poured a bunch of drops or squeezy, you know, you used the squeezy ear cleaning thing.
3: Yeah, it's like they're not like eye drops. They're thicker. They're almost gel like.
1: What, what, what was in them? I don't know. Here's here's how I could have told you this wasn't going to work, by the way, because there was no step two in this process. It was step one, put drops into ears. Step three, ears magically fix themselves. There was no second step. That's how you knew it wasn't really going to work. Do you really think anything? I'm not trying to, not trying to pile on, but do you really think anything magically effective is sold over the counter at Fred Meyer?
3: I just thought maybe it would work. No. So now I can't hear at all. So I'm going to try um, my next step. I'm, I'm just trying to avoid going to the doctor at all costs. So I think my next step is to drive, drive to the highest point of elevation in Portland, try and see if I can pop it.
1: Whatever you do, don't actually go to the doctor. Like don't don't actually take advantage of those health care benefits that we all worked for like 15 years. See, I years am so irresponsible
3: get. that <laughs> I don't even know what my health benefits are. I haven't used them. They're I don't. good.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, don't to take them, them while go, they're there. You never know when they're going to be gone. Seriously, I'm going to go up and talk to T. Michael Moore <laughs> wouldn't protest these. Seriously, I uh, I mean I was going to say I'm not, we're not trying to be the uh, braggy about it, but really let's be honest. You work in radio. You work for a long time for somebody to finally agree to pay for part of your health care. You take it. You use that. You ring every single... You should manufacture diseases you don't even have.
5: I just get rid of a wart. (laughs) (laughs) And they freeze
1: it off. (laughs) Fantastic. Freezing a wart off of Tim Riley. Freezing Tim Riley's wart. Tonight on BBC America, <laughs> that's wonderful. No, you no, I really. Don't even,
3: I don't even know where to start with that. Like I was so excited just to.
1: You don't you know, just pay your copay and relax. You yeah, seriously. You. Yeah, you don't do anything. You just call the, it. It's so sad. I don't even and know great. the number.
3: I don't. I, I feel like a twelve you don't year old. Like, I, number. You don't know. You call no the no
1: room. no. You just you just call and go. Hey, I got this thing. I got to go to the doctor, and they'll tell you when and where. They do you, all you, the work. You it's, call. It's, you go online. No, go online. It's amazing. Can I, I, I just stop for a minute and just point this out? It really is amazingly. I can it's cute and sad all at once that you have no idea how to use health care because you've just grown up in America expecting that you would never have insurance. I know.
3: I don't. Just I figuring no you would die. Because I know that some, you know, a portion of my paycheck is taken out for it, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah no, you got
1: No, you got to use that.
5: It says the website. Yeah. Tim say is, Tim's giving
1: payment. her the. Uh, yeah. Tim's okay. showing her the health insurance.
3: Yeah. i got. I can't live like this. There's no reason I'm to
1: you like have <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just, For the rest of the show, we should just talk really quietly. Let's see if we can. That's only be talking to her back. Or here. we get. At, or the. At, going deaf. All right. Uh, Tim Ridley's working on the following stories for your edification today. Well, I'm trying to help Sarah Dillon.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: No, it really is amazing. Yeah. If you've never, okay. if you've never had any kind of insurance, mm-hmm. uh, and then you call them and you go, "Hey, so I've got this, uh, I've got this antenna growing out of my forehead. I need to get this taken care." of.
3: So you can just call them, and they're gonna
5: like. Help me?
1: Yes. Your co- you're your co- you're so is only, adorable. I really, your really co- pays
5: only 20 bucks. Yes, yeah, yeah, really? seriously. You
1: pay 20 bucks and they'll cure whatever's ailing you. Yeah. They'll burn off a ward. They'll it's, give you all the drugs you want as well. The yep. drug, And they'll be like $5. They'll give you a whole bag full of drugs for $5. This doesn't make sense. No, I right. know. But it doesn't make sense. It because it's too easy. Because You're gr- part of the hoi polloi. Because you have grown up in a country where you never thought you were ever going to be taken care of uh, in terms of your health. CBS does secure...
5: This is the same thing that... Uh, well, anyone at CBS would
1: have. Yeah. So now you, uh, so now you don't know how to handle it. So all right. So, yeah, whatever you do, by the way, and this is why, this is why you got to go get your ears taken care of an actual doctor, not some not some guy with a bone in his nose. Don't let people start sticking candles in your ears, either. You're going to have some hippie friend of yours. They're just going to come to you and go, The wax
3: will just melt
1: out. Let me tell you about an ear candle, Rick. It's a, don't don't let anybody, if somebody comes to you with, like, a paper cone and a candle, uh, you kick them in the groin and get them away from you. Don't let people start giving you some... It, 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 don't, it... And here's the other thing I'm going to tell you not to do right now. Don't go to somebody that describes himself as a homeopath. Don't go to somebody who describes himself as practicing natural medicine. Do not, for the love of all that is holy, go to somebody who describes themselves as practicing Eastern medicine. You don't want that. You want chemicals. You want chemicals, and you want a guy in a white coat handing you bags full of drugs. Eastern medicine never helped anybody, Sarah. Just remember that. Give me pills that make me feel good. That's what I'm talking about. Look, you know the West has the West is responsible for all kinds of bad things in this world. Healthcare, not one of them. Chemicals make you live longer, and anybody who tells you differently is just trying to pass off capsules full of dirt. All right. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. A fire in the Salem garage
5: started by a Jag also destroys a, bet, a Bentley and a 1929 Mercedes. Nick Chandy and Barack Obama are cousins, says Nick Smythe. Really? Mm-hmm. Ellen continues to shed tears over a dog she gave to a friend. The president enjoys some fresh deli llama for lunch, and the president rejects questions considering his relevance. Uh, she's nobody's baby anymore. The former baby Jessica is now a grown woman. Boy, that, that was a like dollars.
1: 20 years ago. Yeah, That baby Jessica caught it's down on well.
5: well. Now. All right. And Anaheim's Disneyland is set for a billion-dollar
1: baseline. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Let's see. I got a little cough. Maybe I should go to the doctor and have some drugs prescribed to no, me.
5: Anywhere you want.
3: I don't know my passwords. I don't. know Well, you, you start.
1: Well, you know. what? frankly, person. I would suggest that you not do it right now. I would suggest yeah. that when we're done, you just pick up the phone. If it's the first time, you pick up the phone and just call. That's what I did. Uh, I would recommend that actually. I'm not. I'm not trying to distract you from it. I'm just saying. I would actually. The first time, I would pick up the phone and call them. Just give me your name. Say, here's my name. Here's everything. Please to help me. I'm going deaf. And then they'll tell you where to go. It's amazing. It's okay. So it really... It's, there are people who care about it. You food. know what it is? It's sort of a window into what it might be like to uh, live in, you know, the U.K. or Canada. Canada. Some <laughs> civilized country. This email says, by the way, first you have deafness in the ear. Okay, air. I'm then, not listening. Then you hear the ringing. Before you know it, you'll be swilling absinthe and slicing off your ears while painting sunflowers. That's yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Uh, what am I, uh, what am I doing here? Hi, you're, oh, I just hung up on whoever you were. Hi, uh, well, we'll get this other guy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I hit the button twice. What's up?
6: Yeah, yeah, I'm Doug. Um, I had a problem with my ear one time, and, uh... That
1: sounds like the problem moved elsewhere.
6: Uh, well, here's what they did, is, uh, they took, like, a corkscrew, crew <laughs> went down into my ear.
1: Hold on. We've got one of those in the kitchen. And, Let's just do this step-by-step step as you describe it.
6: Yeah, well, and just and this pulled out this big plug of wax out of my ear. Yeah. So maybe that's her problem.
1: Probably. Sarah, do you ever do you clean your ears regularly? No. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: okay, I'm done. afraid
3: I'm going to inadvertently make myself deaf by poking the Q-tip too far
1: Oh man, no, you don't like want to do just, that I
3: have a fear of that, I, that I can't use Q-tips
1: No, the thing with the Q-tip is, I know we're talking about ear cleaning now <laughs> But the thing with the Q-tip is, you got to do a swirling motion, not an impacting motion Yeah. Because an impacting motion will we just go clockwise Yeah, that'll just jam the wax down into your ear you got to s- swirl it around in there Or maybe if you've got, like upstairs, you've to bridge it, you just get an X-Acto knife That'll help you just swirl an exacto knife around in there. Thanks, sir. In a counterclockwise motion. Your real help is always. Trying, trying to help. It's really my only skill. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to I don't mean to poke fun. I don't. Um Let's see. Okay, so before we do anything else, before before we move on, I'm going to get to this small pile of things uh, that stacked up yesterday. Then we'll do this Phoenix call. We'll talk a little bit about the Ozzy Osbourne artifact from yesterday. Uh, later on we'll break. We'll come back with Bob Cat- Costantini. I do just want to <laughs> say this. Did you say Bobcat? Bob Costantini. Bob Costantini. Uh, yesterday I was making this observation that th- 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 so many businesses in America now have the gimmick of hot girls in bikinis. Uh, like there's that coffee shop that's, I think, in Clackamas where you drive through and it's, it's like some girl in big cans wearing a bra and she hands you your mocha or whatever. And there's also the, you know, there's the bikini car wash that springs up every year. I was making the observation that there ought to be a tax and financial advice service company whose gimmick is Hot Babes, right? But I didn't have the name. I couldn't quite figure out what it would be called. It would be a place that helped you with your financial investments. It would be a place that helped you out with your taxes. But, of course, their stick is... That it's like well-endowed college girls in bikinis or something, and I couldn't come up with a name. So our good friend Todd the Corpse has chimed in with this. Rick, here are three fantastic ideas for the hot chick tax service place. Instead of instead of IRS, it's IRSEX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good He teaches Sunday school, by the way. Um, how about this? Happy returns. Come on now. It's not the best. The best one is this. Todd, the Sunday school teacher. Rick, your hot chick tax service place needs to be called. Yes, tax that ass. There you go.
2: Fantastic. Thank you.
1: All right. Uh, We'll do these two calls, then the Phoenix thing, then the Aussie thing. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up?
4: Curse
7: you for hanging up on me before. Uh, I'm
1: sorry about that. How can I help you, sir?
7: Oh, so, hey, yeah, for the for the ears? You know, she can use this stuff called Colace
1: and, and just drip it into her ears, and it softens up the wax in no, there. No, that's probably no, what that's she exactly tried what yesterday. Used and no, now I'm deaf. no. <laughs> well, no, this, 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 this what a stuff, ringing endorsement <laughs> for the product. This stuff, this stuff is actually it's a stool softener. But, <laughs> Sarah, can we put some stool softener in your ears?
8: <laughs> but it, it's serious here. <laughs> the doctor told me to do that for my kid when he was a little guy because they had like strap him down on a board and gouge out and you know, dig his stuff out of his ears. They said, yeah, just put a couple of drops of the stool softener in there and then take a warm shower. It'll
1: all run out. Bye now. I think God was trying to tell me something when we hung up on that guy the first time. Really, yeah. Well, is there nothing that stool softener can't cure, Sarah? Uh, This email says, Rick, I had the same problem. I went to my doctor. He couldn't get this little bit of wax out, and he suggested getting the drops that Sarah got. I had the same trouble. They clogged my ear for days. It's still not right. Uh, Oh. Modern medicine. No, but the problem is that this was was an over-the-counter product you purchased, right?
3: It was. Uh, um, I can't this was, was an
1: over-the-counter product you purchased, right? I really can't hear
3: you. I was. Uh, <laughs> I can't turn it up too loud because my right ear here is fine, and then it gets <laughs> like really loud. So in my what right needs ear? to
1: happen is you need to put an earplug in your right ear, so then you can turn your headphones really loud.
3: I think you're a genius. Then
1: it'll be balanced out. That's totally true. No, nothing useful can be purchased over the counter.
3: It was called like I think it was called the D, and it was a green
1: box. So you just randomly grab something with a picture the three of an ear ball thing. <laughs> <laughs> and a magical toy inside. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show.
0: Hey,
9: Rick, I was just going to tell Sarah my son uses that stuff. Called, it's called Brox and uh, it seems to work really well for him. But you do have to leave it in a little while, and you got to kind of tilt your head over to the side and let it sit there for. Thirty seconds or so before the wax will come out.
3: Yeah, I, I, I let it sit in there. Well, the first time I let it sit for like a minute, and then um, it said you can do it two to three times a day. So I did it again like a couple hours later. and I let it sit in there for like a good seven, eight minutes, and
10: nothing. You might was... have to go. You might have to
9: go to the doctor then. There's some cases where that stuff just nothing will work except going to the doctor. Have you considered?
1: On. Have you considered the possibility? Are you going
3: to tell me another thing terrible that's probably wrong with my ear? No. Okay.
1: Have you considered the possibility your head is full of ants? I'd... Maybe a large moth of some kind is cocooning inside your ear. And as the cocoon gets larger, it's blocking off more and more of the aural input from the outside. I did
3: get a roly-poly in my ear but...
1: Oh, my God, really? Uh-huh. I was just screwing with you. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Trick. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, let me play this uh, phone call. And then we'll talk about the Aussie things. We don't have to break quite as early as we normally do. We're not getting in feeling for until 40 here. So um, This was sent to me by our good friend Court from the Court and Fat Boy Show on KUFO last night. So keep in mind, this program is broadcast here in Portland, <clears throat> and then we're on the Internet. Uh, we podcast, but we're not uh, you know we're not syndicated. You know, we, we there was a time when it was, and now it's not. So we're here in Portland, and then we're broadcast on the net, but it's not like we're on the like on radio stations across the country. And neither are according Fatboy, it's a, we're both a Portland show, uh, and we're both on the net. But we we are not uh you know we're not syndicated like a Rush Limbaugh program is. So you can't just go to like Maine and turn on the radio and listen to us. And yet behold this phone call. Uh, this is not a setup. This is a real call that Court and Fat Boy took from a guy last night on their program. So you might have to drop the uh, mono bed there for a second. And I'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and play this. They sent this to me. This, I'm just going to play this back just as I got it today.
6: Uh, hey, this is Nathan
10: from Phoenix. How's it going, guys? Good, up, Nathan man? from Phoenix. Are you calling us from Phoenix right now? I am. I am. I spoke what? with you once before. I'm the I'm the drafter from down here. Yeah. What's up, man? Hey, well, you know, I told you guys that I was single-handedly trying to expand your clientele one person at a time, so yeah. I had a story for you.
2: Okay, good, good.
10: Last Friday, I was uh, I was drinking at the coolest bar in Phoenix, the Lost Leaf, and I was getting pretty drunk. Mm-hmm. And I go outside to inch myself closer and closer to this cancer, one drunken cigarette at a time. And sure. I overhear some people talking about listening to a radio show. I'm like, man, somebody likes a radio show. i got to talk to this person, mm-hmm. and i got I got to expose them and uh coincidentally enough they were talking about the rick emerson show
2: ah Uh nice
10: And uh, so one thing, uh, another, we were soon kind of arguing about that Transformers bet and how you kind of got stiffed by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. We did. We totally got screwed by Michael Bay. Uh,
10: that's that. what I said. He was, he was totally on Rick Emerson's side. Uh, well, of course we, he was. We just accepted the fact that we we're both uh, fans of you 2 so that was pretty cool.
0: Actually, oh, Look
1: that, at that, bringing people together in states not even near Oregon. And what this tells me is Phoenix has horrible radio because everybody's <laughs> getting their radio
10: from Portland. <laughs> no, this is is true
1: this yeah. is true <laughs> all right well we're i'm glad that you found kindred spirits and emerson fans down there in phoenix and you guys should should hang out and chase tail together
11: yeah seriously you should listen to the rick emerson show and you should make them listen to the Gordon uh, Fatboy show
10: yeah you know we kind of we kind of came to those terms Excellent, all right man. look at that right on yeah. thanks man thanks for that story yeah, for sure, guys. Enjoy your vacation. I'll miss you, but I'll wait. All right,
1: man,
10: thanks. <laughs> All right, so there you go. So that's from
1: the Court and Fat Boy show oh, last night. How weird clear. is that? Mm-hmm. And really, honestly. We know that lives in Phoenix? Do we... Uh, we got people who, who listen down there, apparently.
3: That's awesome.
1: Which is especially weird, considering that even when this show was syndicated years ago, it wasn't syndicated to Phoenix. Uh, we were on in Re- uh, not Reno, uh, Tucson. We were on in Tucson, Arizona. The show was never on in Phoenix, though. So they just somehow have discovered. Isn't isn't what isn't uh, Tucson close to Phoenix? I uh, you know I don't Gravity. really know the answer to that. I've never been. I know there. it's always the red spot on the weather map every day. Like it's 500 degrees there, <laughs> even in the middle of the night. <laughs> All I know about Phoenix is that Susan Reynolds had to go there a couple weeks ago, and it was 117 yeah. degrees. Yeah. I, I really, really liked cool. Phoenix. I like Arizona. God, just uh, Lara went there earlier this year. The air conditioner is the houses. Oh, it just seems like, a, it seems like a place that you go when you're being uh, punished somehow. You know yeah, what I mean? you're living in dirt. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> she went there to see the Kingston Trio perform. I swear to Christ, that's true. Uh, all right, let's get these calls. Hi, you're on... We may have to do the Aussie thing later. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
12: All right, I got how to fix stairs here.
1: All right, just this involve a coat hanger and a hammer? This <laughs> is not going to be yeah, done forever. We're
11: going to skip that. We're going to skip those first two parts. Okay. You know those those
13: little uh, they're a bulb that you buy at the store for infants and you suck the snot out of
2: the Well that's
3: what, that's what I what got. What I got the squeezy ball thing yeah. and mean, it didn't it just make it just made it work.
1: Now let me ask you this now. Were you using the squeezy ball thing as he described it, which is used to siphon the snot out of the noses of babies? Were I you...
3: used it to suck and squirt. <laughs> okay, Don't well, take that's that.
0: what you gotta do. You need to take as warm
7: as water as you can have and stick your head over the sink and then just keep squirting that water in there and it'll soften up whatever's there and it'll wash it right out. Oh
3: that's what I was doing. I did that. For like a half an hour last
5: night. I don't think ears are a do-it-yourself project.
1: No, it seems like that's any that's part of your body they're... you can't actually see. It seems like you ought not to be tinkering with it. That's it's like my. You don't get
5: ears back once you ruin
1: them. <laughs> no, no, you don't. They, they don't give you a spare ear. Uh, so that's uh, that's why I'm always hesitant. I won't go into Only specifics. Only one
5: pair for customer
1: I, uh, without dwelling on specifics, I will say that's why there are certain. Um, There are certain surgical procedures that some folks uh, choose to undergo uh, for certain sections of their head uh, that I now I'm making it sound like I'm talking about my hair, which I did undergo. Uh, now there's people who opt to get surgery on some of their senses, let's say. Uh, and I I choose not to have any of my sensory organs operated on because if you screw those up, they don't issue you new ones. So. All right, thank you, sir. Uh, hi, you're on the it's all Sarah's ears all the time. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson mm. show. Hello.
14: Yes. Um Rick? Yeah. Hey, um I was was the same thing about Sarah's ear. Uh the warmest water she could uh use on her ear uh, with the eyedropper squirt in there. Also, she can warm up some hydrogen peroxide and put a couple of drops into that, and she can hear the hydrogen peroxide eating out the bacteria. It, oh, it, it kinda that kinda sounds t- awesome. That's
1: totally uh, what I want to hear. Oh, I want to hear tickles. hydrogen peroxide killing things inside my head.
14: Oh, no, it, it, it tickles your ear. It's like an orgasm, but it really it's, uh, it, it, it it kills the bacteria, but the biggest thing is the warm water.
1: <laughs> let's, let's jump back a second or two. What? Um... About the ear? In what way is hydrogen peroxide just maybe oh. your understanding of an orgasm differs from that of the average person. Okay, okay, okay. I, I Are you pyroxide. having sex with a giger alien? Or...
14: <laughs> no. I'm just saying it's a it's it, that's what it feels like. That's why I'm not go, I'm not going for that. I'm going to kill the bacteria's ear. And it bubbles, when it bubbles it tickles your ear. It's a whole bunch of bubbles like seven up in your ear and you're going, Whoa, what the hell's that? Uh-huh. And So it's kind of cool. But it works good.
1: Yeah. All right. Bye now. Hey,
14: wait, 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 wait. One more thing. Yeah. Um, your, um, Scotty J sounds like the boy, Chris, on Family Guy.
1: Oh, I can see that. I yeah. can totally see that. All right. Thank you, my All friend. All right. There you go. Um, this would, has Sarah tried using the ball sucker? Yes. The thing with the little squeezy thing. Yeah. Yes, she did. It didn't, it didn't. Yes, she did. She tried that all night. It didn't work. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson (laughs) show. (laughs)
6: Oh, funny guy.
1: Hello, hello. Hi, Rick Emerson show. Hello.
6: How you doing? Hey, maybe it's a spider that hatched eggs inside of her
11: uh, ear. Well, I already speculated
1: uh, it was a moth cocooning itself.
11: Yeah, well, I had a friend that had that actually happen. A, a, A spider had gone into her ear. And actually hatched eggs, and she couldn't hear out of it. And
1: Tim's taking off his headphones. Oh, Hold on. Only 32 minutes into the show.
11: It is gross. Yes, <laughs> it, it was... is. Uh, and then it came down her neck and everything in the middle of the night, and she still had all the uh, spider webbing stuff in her ears, and that's what the doctor had to take out.
1: Wait, what came down yes. her neck in the middle of the night?
11: All the little spiders.
1: Like Charlotte's Web style, sweater. they all started yeah. marching out of her ear? Yeah, that's... Yeah. I don't know that's that true. I believe this story. I think this story may right. be a little bit of a, an old wives' tale.
11: No. No, it is true. She <laughs> And she's not very... Uh, she doesn't like spiders either. Neither do I. I hate spiders. All right. Thank but, you. Uh, thank you.
1: Thank you, my friend. All right, we'll do one more. And then <laughs> it's so strange. Have to break. Oh, my head hurts. Well, there's a long... Well, you know what that is. That's the spiders <laughs> eating their way through your spinal cord. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, you hippie
7: hater, those ear candles work.
1: Yeah, Sure they do.
7: <laughs> no, it, 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 it's, it's the wicking action. It's just like, you know, when you lay a towel across a bathtub and all the water wicks out, you know, onto the floor, it's the same thing. While the candle's burning, it's the wax out of your ears. It it's, works.
1: No, it, it doesn't work. It's made up hooey. It's a bunch of hippie nonsense is what it is. Yeah. Whatever. Here's the thing. No, towel wicking action works because there is an actual scientific property at work. There is no scientific property says jamming a candle into your ear and lighting it on fire will clean out the inside of your head.
7: It works, man. No, it, seriously. Like, it it's it, burning, it, the, the heat and all that, like, it's the wax gets sucked up through the...
1: How does... The, 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 let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I don't want to pick a fight about this because i know Cecil right. Adams. But the wicking action you're referring to works because of the actual scientific principle of osmosis. Yeah. What is the scientific principle that means a candle in your ear will clean out the inside of your head?
7: It's the exact same thing. It's all not the, the same thing. It's slightly different, yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> Okay,
7: dude. Okay, we're okay. We're getting a little angry. With,
1: I'm not getting a little angry. I just hate to see gibberish passed off as science.
7: Well, and you know, don't be don't head be head a way. George Bush. No, I'm hey, hey, hey. I'm hey. just saying,
1: science is your friend. My science is your friend, my companion. Don't run away from it.
7: <laughs> no, I'm all about science, dude. But no, seriously, I, I had the same problem years ago, and uh, my hippie wife at the time was like, "Okay, we well, got to try the the air candle, and it, it worked." I mean, you know, you 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 cannot. Uh, you know, you can't ignore the results. That's all I'm
5: saying. All right. Th- thank you,
1: sir.
7: All right. Welcome. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
3: Maybe I'll try the hippie ear candle.
1: No, no, no. Please, I beg of <sighs> you. Be. You
7: don't know what it's like.
1: Why don't you go get a divining rod and carry that around the backyard, no, too? whatever. Uh-huh. I'm sh- Why don't you go on an expedition for Noah's Ark later in the day? All right. Uh, oh, we have to break. Maybe we've been talking about ears this whole time. Damn. All right. Well, we didn't even get to the, to the my Aussie thing, nor did we get to talking to Scotty. So, all right. Uh we'll, we'll take. We're going to take a break now, Sarah. And then we're going to That's not going to get old. Uh, we'll come back with Bob Costantini. Maybe Bob has a home remedy for you. He must deal with the he, hearing-related no, issues. His ears and his mouth. About. I walk through there sometimes, just and you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it smells like the makeup counter to Woolworth's.
3: And you can smell cheap oh. makeup, too.
1: <laughs> you can. It just it just sort of exudes that, mmm, by the gallon. All right. I just don't get it. No. Um, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. I'm not going to get off on a whole ear-candling thing, by the way. I think we learned our lesson yesterday with the Aztec basketball discussion. All right. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, coming up later on, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, top five goodbye songs. Uh, we'll talk about this Aussie thing that I got, Mr. Skin, from MrSkin.com. A, uh, pardon me, Darwin watch. I got all this extra saliva in my mouth today.
3: And I have got extra wax.
1: Really gross. <laughs> Together we could make some exciting sculpture out of that. Uh, more of your calls here in just a skosh. First and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, will you please give your attention to the one. The Radio correspondents, good enough to wear the title of Bob Cassettini.
13: Hello, Richard. Thank you for having me on again.
1: Hello, sir. How are you today?
13: <laughs> good, good,
1: good. How, how are things? How's life?
13: Uh, just fine. Fantastic. Very good. Lisa is off on her honeymoon.
1: She's off. She's off to Italia, as they say, for I think uh, like ten yeah. days, or something like that. She's. I get well, what she's yeah. going to. I forget where she's going. She's going to southern Italy, northern Italy. I forget exactly where. She's going I'm not there.
13: exactly sure either.
1: Hey, uh, not to pry into one's personal existence, but I forgot to have ask you. Now I know she lives in D.C. proper, but I, I think you said at one point that you don't. You live in like is it Maryland or something. I live in Baltimore. Baltimore. Um, yeah. But let me let me ask you this: How do you feel about the way that Baltimore is depicted in in American television? <laughs> Even- the Wire. And the, the Wire, homicide, 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 The Corner. Basically, uh, every every depiction ever of Baltimore in television is the idea, unless it's in a Barry Levinson film, unless it's in yeah. Diner. Every depiction of Baltimore is that you're going to get off the train and a guy is going to come up and he's going to shoot you in the face and pry the gold teeth out of your head.
13: Yes, yes. Uh, in truth, uh, in Baltimore, they don't kill everybody. Uh, but,
1: they, uh, they leave some of you alive as a warning to the others.
13: Uh, but uh, there are certain. Uh, it is a uh, town that has a lot of urban ills, that's for sure at times, uh, uh, and has had a spike in homicides. It, it a is. Of fact.
1: Well, they have. I mean, it's it's weird because those programs function as sort of a uh, a reverse tourist ad. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and I often wonder if the city has mixed emotions about striking these deals with film companies to to make these film and television projects like The Wire, which by the way is. I, it's hard to say, but I mean, from my money, I think it's the best thing on television right now. Uh, you know, and
13: very you, realistic in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, and so it's on the one hand, the city, of course, wants film projects there, and there's a certain amount of yeah. money that comes with that, and employment of some of the local workforce. But on the other hand, it's basically one big after-school special, uh, warning people uh, n- never, ever, ever come to Maryland. So I just, I always have mixed feelings on behalf of Baltimoreans when I watch those programs.
13: Uh, yes, it's, um, it brings in millions of dollars. Yeah, and of course, uh, state and local officials uh, do. They kind of look the other way at uh, what, how it depicts the city. But um, there are some very lovely spots in Baltimore as well. So please come visit.
1: Well, I would like to go there. Listen, <laughs> you're all desperate for people to love your city. Well, I do plan to go there at some point. Uh, just because I am such a tool that the things I am interested in seeing. It's like my wife, you know, went to Italy, and, and I, for a, for a while there was a time when I was going to go to Italy with her, and I ended up not going. But my whole thing is like, we have to go see the village where they filmed the, you know, the early scenes of Godfather Two. I have to go see where the village of Corleone was. Um, so at some point I will go see Baltimore just because it does play a large part in American uh, popular culture. So I may ask you your thoughts at that point. Um, Certainly. Let me let me ask you a couple of things. Well, first of all, there's this uh, story that I think it's a Zogby poll that came out today that George Bush's approval rating is not the lowest it's ever been. It's, uh, according to Zogby, anyway, 24% approval. And yet, or maybe because of that, uh, the, the White House just continually rolling out all these things that you think would just be more poison pills for them, like uh, the, 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 this continued fight over children's health care, the continued fight over wiretapping. And so is it? Do you suppose just the just the general assessment of the White House that at this point the people who are with him are with him and the people who are against him are against him and, and, and so they're just not going to back down on anything because they have nothing to lose at this point?
13: Well, uh, those uh, both of those issues, Rick, are playing themselves out here on Capitol Hill uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, the uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act is up for its renewal, but um, uh, the Democrats have put forth a bill um that would require uh, a uh, retroactive approval for any of the uh, wiretapping that has occurred um and and to have this disclosed at least to the courts that are supposed to be handling this and also uh they are going to they're going to be voting on that measure a little later on today and also tomorrow they are taking up the children's health insurance program uh, bill which the president vetoed they are not likely they're not going to override the president's veto, it seems
1: and so this is I, this is one of those what is it sort of the moral victory that they put up the good fight, and of course, in the end the, the White House just tells them to get bent and nothing happens is that i mean is is that what this is it so they can just uh, they can just sort of claim or 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 point out to their constituents that they did put up the good fight, but in the end they just weren't able to do it.
13: Well, everyone loves healthy children. And, of course, that's what the Democrats were hoping uh, would be bringing about some uh, visceral response from the public, If they, especially when they decided to delay the override vote for two weeks after the right. president vetoed the original bill. They were hoping that there would be so much pressure on uh, Republicans that a number of them would change their minds on this bill and uh, bring about a two-thirds majority. Uh, that hasn't happened. It appears as though almost no Republicans uh'll we'll be changing their votes when it comes to a vote tomorrow
1: all right uh you are on i guess for the next what ten days or something like that then? i'll be
13: on i'll be on uh uh for the next uh week and a half for oh. uh uh, with a few days off actually in, involved in there, but uh, I'll be filling in for Lisa.
1: Well, Bob, we'll have many, many chances to talk about you and your love of healthy children uh, as things unfold here. So uh, anyway, uh, it is Don't word it oh, like that. no, no, no. That I'm, wrong. no. I'm just saying it's just a funny phrase. Um, it's just um, anyway. All kidding aside, it's always great to have you on, Bob. We will talk to you Thanks. very soon. Best to uh, best to Baltimore for me. Be good. Thank you, sir. There you go, Bob. went <laughs> from the hill. I couldn't overlook that. It was hilarious. (laughs) Well, Rick, everybody does love healthy children. Yes, they do, Bob. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sir, madam, is the case, maybe. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up?
15: The definitive word on candling your. Oh God! All right. (laughs) No, no, I I don't want you to go through life wondering and thinking and trying to figure out how this.
1: Oh, I don't wonder. Oh, you will. I don't wonder at all. It's fundamentalist ear potatoes. You know, it's illegal to even sell those in Canada.
6: It is, yes, but it not is. in
1: Mexico. All right. well, there you go. That's, exact, that's the mark of quality health care. It's illegal everywhere but Mexico.
15: What it is is actually a wax impregnated tube that's shaped kind of like an elongated cone. Yes. You put it in your ear, I know. and you wipe the end of it. And convection draws the wax out of your ear.
1: No, it, it doesn't. Oh, no, it does. I
15: I trust me. I've had it done. I look. It I
1: works. don't want to start a whole fight about this, but I will say this that there uh, have been, Can, there you, have, have you been dozens and dozens of scientific studies showing that what ends up in the tube at the cone at the end of that is wax from wait for it, the candle itself.
15: Wow, that's funny. It's brown and dewy like the wax in my ear.
1: That's what happens when you burn things. They change color, sir. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. Look, I'm, not, I'm really not. I'm just saying I don't like it when uh, sick people uh, are told to spend money on something under the dubious proposition that it's some secret medicine that, like everybody else in the world with a degree, just is too stupid to figure out. It doesn't work. It's made up. I'm not trying to be confrontational. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I know people who have real problems who spend things on a bunch of hooey. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of bupkis.
16: Can I tell you
15: one more thing? Yes. I thought it was butt as well. I know. So I was so one ahead of time.
1: I know, and we all had a grandfather who smoked every day and lived to be ninety-six. I know. I'd be my aunt. Yes. All right. Bye now. Okay. That's why I didn't want to talk about it. Look, if you buy it and you do it, and at the end you think you feel better, fine, great. I do know, by the way, that emergency rooms get hundreds of cases every year of people who've had the hot wax dripped inside their ears. And guess you'll never. This will surprise you it burns okay. the hell out of the inside of your ears incidentally so i'm not trying to be i'm not trying to be snarky about it i'm just saying you're a little angry about the ear candle i'm only angry about it because it i'm only angry about it because we're all adults and it seems like at some point you have to quit clinging to made up nonsense that's all i'm saying Uh, let's see, this is like the guy that wants to, like, cure your spinal problems by laying you down and waving his hands over you and going, let me channel the energy out of your chakras.
3: I'm reading about the possible risks of sticking a candle in your ear. Yeah. Does burns to the ear, skin, and hair from the hot wax obstruction of the ear canal due to wax dripping into the ears and uh, perforated eardrums? The Uh thing
1: is, but the thing is, it's got that sort of pseudo scientific sheen that if you don't really think about it, seems on the surface that it might make sense because what they do is they put, it looks like a snow cone cup, point it into your ear, they'll stick a candle in it, and they'll say, well, look, as the hot air rises, it brings the wax with it. Well, that sort of seems like it makes sense until you think about it for about 15 or 20 seconds, and then you realize, and again, every study ever done, every study, has analyzed the wax and the residue inside the cone, and every single study on earth has come up with the conclusion that all of the residue inside the cone is just wax and smoke from the candle itself. So it's, it is the same kind of stuff that is peddled by faith healers. And if you, I, I really honestly have never had a bad experience with a faith healer. That's not where this comes from. But faith healing growing up in a really strongly Christian community is one of those things that drives me absolutely bonkers. And this kind of stuff is just a secular version of of a guy waving his hands and putting something on his, on, you know, jamming his hand on your forehead and telling you he's going to cure your scoliosis. And it just drives me crazy because it manipulates people who have health care problems. And I just, it drives me absolutely nuts. And so if we're not going to have health care in this country, the least we could do is try to not profiteer by swindling each other out of something. So, all right, that's all I'm going to say about it. We're done. Don't call about ear-candling ever again. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, hey Rick, no.
6: Uh have got a couple things to say. Uh, first did you call
1: all, us earlier?
6: Yes, I did. Okay.
1: Scotty? Scotty screened. Scotty, I know that you're a short-timer here. I know that you've only got two and a half days left, but we, we need to revisit the, the premise behind call
2: screening.
6: Well, i got a couple things to say. First of all, uh, I think, you know, Scotty J was like the Ed McMahon to uh, Johnny Carson. So okay. I want to give him uh, some kudos for that but on the same side uh when you're talking about you know the, the earwax thing and stuff uh there was a place called uh, mineral water where people went in to uh,
1: I'm uh punished for they'd, something
6: they paid like 50 cents a gallon for this mineral water right and and oh, they found yeah. out that it was uh contaminated yes. the whole thing was but uh, my mom and my aunt did
2: that earwax thing.
6: <laughs> yes. And the funniest thing I ever saw was them sitting there with these cones in their ear and lighting it on fire and thinking that that earwax was coming. All in.
2: right. Thank you,
1: sir. Wait, we're losing it. I don't know where my Scotty sounder went. I was going to try to summon Scotty into the studio, but I've I've misplaced my Scotty sounder. The uh, the I was showing how to quit you. It just doesn't seem to be there anymore. Hey Scotty, do you know where the where the actual sounder for you went? Are you just are you are you trying to cover? Are you this is like a self cleaning oven where as you're getting ready to finish your week here, you're just uh, you're deleting everything? Yeah, I don't see it. All right, um, I, then we're gonna finish out these calls and we're gonna break. Come back with Timmer. It's noon already. Oh my God. We're twenty five percent done with this program. Hi, you're on the it's Rick. It's been hundred percent years. Hello. Uh,
17: how's it going, Rick?
1: What's up?
18: Hey, I'll try to make it quick. I got two bug-in-the-ear stories that happened to me. Excellent. But really fast on the air candle, i agree with you. I've argued with people about it. The reason why I think people believe in it is because there's smoke going into your ear, and I think it does melt the earwax in the ear because you hear that kind of sizzling in your ear, so you think something's going on, but it doesn't mean it's sucking that, yeah. Well, burning
1: think. a fire an inch away from your ear probably has some effect. It just doesn't exactly. have the effect that they claim it does, so, oh, yeah.
18: Yeah. Okay, anyways, on to the bug story. Um When I first moved to Portland, I was riding my bike up Clinton Street. And, yeah, sometimes bugs fly in your face and different things.
1: And different things, yes.
18: That happened to me, and I'm riding with my girlfriend. I'm like, a bug went in my ear, I swear. And I was freaking out, and she didn't believe me. And woke up the next day, I couldn't hear out of my ear. And... Anyways, uh, long story short, I uh, got one of those things that Sarah's using, Uh huh. and I think the key is you got to do a little bit of the hydrogen for like a week or a few days and kind of just really get that loosened up, and then like after a few days get that hot water in the tube and get some rinse action.
1: Well, see, I'm unclear about whether the, the contents of whatever it is Sarah was dumping into her ears, whether it is related to the stuff that Tim dumps into his nose. Let me rephrase this. I'm not, this is not a cocaine reference. The <laughs> salt water. The salt water. That's what we're calling it now. I need some salt water. Uh, now, Tim has this weird, the nose kettle thing where he heats and he dumps a bunch of, it's the, great. The, Yeah, salt or whatever into his, into, his, into his nose. So, so I don't know whether this is a, some sort of uh, an oral version of the same thing.
18: No, I believe this is actually hydrogen peroxide. It has that same kind of fizzing action as when you put it on a cut, but inside your ear, sort of like eating the bacteria and whatnot in your ear.
1: Eating the bacteria inside your ear. Is that the guy? Who, uh, is this the guy who, uh, who was going? You know, and it feels just like an orgasm as you're eating the bacteria inside your ear. I don't want
18: to ear. know what, what that guy does. To I think
1: maybe that. he took the wrong class. I think he was headed for sex ed, and he somehow you know went into room 206 instead of 106, and was schooled about something altogether different.
16: Okay. Uh.
18: Really fast though. Yes. It's kind of gross, but uh, when it finally all came out of my ear, it was uh, succeeded <laughs> in killing the bug surrounding an earwax. But it finally came out; looked like a a bug the cocoon. I made my girlfriend look at it so people would just wouldn't say I was lying when I said I had a bug in my ear. Excellent. And that's actually the second time I also had an earwig in my ear, and I had to go to a doctor and do all this ridiculous stuff. See,
2: so. but did you
1: ever did you stop and ask yourself? I mean, I know it's called an earwig, ha but really, did you stop and ask yourself, and I'm not saying there's an answer that I that I can come up with, how does an earwig get into your ear? I mean, what are you doing? Are you standing on your head in a forest or something?
16: I was
18: working in a wood mill back then. It was oh,
1: easy. that does explain it, actually.
18: <laughs> All right. All
1: right, thanks. Thank you. All right. Uh, Rick. I go to the doctor once a year for a physical, uh, let's see, uh, following the physical, I always request that one of the nurses in the clinic flush the wax out of my ear. It's very simple, painless, and quick. They use a low-pressure water pick-like desi- a device with warm water to flush out the wax. If you do it once a year, and, you know, it actually makes sense not to compare you to a dog, but I'm saying it in my, you know, I did talk about Max. I have to get uh, Max's ears cleaned like every 60 days. Because the ear design is just imperfect at this point, the, the evolution is incomplete on my dog, uh, and, is, and the ear canal is designed so that you just can't get stuff out of there, and you've got to go in and get it built up. Tim and I talked about that before the ear cleaning of the dogs. He says, "Though, be warned, what comes out of your ear is going to disgust you. You should." Take I don't a know because those
3: things don't really disgust me very no,
1: much. No, you had your uh, your your area, your other area, your back <laughs> area. Uh, re, uh, don't
3: say it like that. That makes it sound really disgusting. You had
1: your colon cleansed.
3: Yes, I would. Awesome. And
1: it's hard to imagine that whatever comes out of your ear could be worse looking than what comes out of your butt. I mean, let's <laughs> just be honest. Uh, Why do you even speak? Did, we've talked about this. Oh, like I'm breaking new ground somehow.
3: I know, but other ways, you worded it in different ways.
1: Rick, tell Sarah to wrap a hot towel around her head and tell her all the guys down at the station are pulling for her. Thank you, Steve. All right, there you go. Thank <laughs> you, Steve. Well, we should break. Um, let's take a vote right now. Do we do more ear calls ever again, Sarah? Let's, let's let's sprinkle them all right Scotty we're gonna be sprinkling uh, ear calls throughout the rest of today's program like so much uh, whatnot so much sprinkly stuff all right so many inedible steel balls you stay there back after the Rick Emerson uh, back after this on the Rick Emerson your mother love bone don't go anywhere Steamroller's coming. Boy, you want to talk about a guy that just did they still together. Because baby boomers still pay to see this. Evening. And you know, and I will say this: uh, the thing about Mannheim Steamroller is, first of all, that Chip Davis guy, he just tripped and fell into a stream of gold with this. What really made him, though, what really made Mannheim Steamroller the holiday force that it is, and I do respect them in that sense. That, I mean, they, I, I mean, that guy will be able to, to tour. I mean, he'll be 85 years old, and some variation on Mannheim Steamroller will still be touring the country every single year. And it's because in about 1990. Three maybe 1994 something like that uh Rush Limbaugh on his nationally syndicated radio program began using all the Mannheim steamroller Christmas music as all as bumpers and it was like three weeks where nothing but Mannheim steamroller music were used was used during the Rush Limbaugh program and that's when most Americans first heard of these guys um and it just made them into the phenomenon that they are now. And Mannheim Steamroller actually has been so successful that, uh, in, in a way, they've started to branch it out for other generations. You know, my, my, my people, the white people of the suburbs, uh, you know, what we have is we don't have Mannheim Steamroller. And guys like myself and the Dennis Pitsenbarger and the Dan Bosics of the world, we have the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which is the Mannheim Steamroller with, like, a, an electric guitar buried in the mix somewhere. So that's totally, that's that's Christmas music for myself and Chris Morris, is what that is. Uh, it's 503 733 2970. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, it's your personal savior, Tim. Right. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now
6: from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
1: I'm surprised
5: when the Siberians come here to perform, they don't run away from that orchestra. Why would you want to go home I wish after to the performance?
2: Yeah.
1: The uh, for what reason would you want to go back? Well, they're not really from Siberia. I think they're from Brooklyn. I'm shocked. Yes, I know you are not really from Siberia. No, they just play trashy euro metal, but they do it with like sleigh bells, uh, you know, and and flocking all around the stage. That's basically all it is. Well, all right. It's here's a funny fact, actually. Not that you really care about this, Tim, but here's a fun fact for the Trans Siberian Orchestra fans who may be listening to me at the moment. Um, Trans the Trans Siberian Orchestra actually started. It's kind of interesting. It's sort of the uh, it's sort of the uh, the pupil that ate the teacher. The Trans Siberian Orchestra is this. <sighs> pseudo-metal act, and what they do is they play these sort of, like, synth-heavy hard rock versions of Christmas songs, and they come to town, and I think there's actually, they're one of those bands now that there's there's three different Trans-Siberian orchestras touring the world at all times, uh, once, like, November comes. Uh, There's three different groups that all use the name Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and it has become this franchise, and they go from town to town, and they play these hard rock, really trash metal versions of Christmas songs, Uh, and, you know, and then everybody goes home wearing a T-shirt, and, you know, seven $25 lighter. That actually started as an accident because there was this progressive metal band called Sabotage. And Sabotage released just as a throwaway single at one point, this heavy metal version of Carol of the Bells, uh, which they did, I think, just to like fill up space on a record. And then every DJ heard it uh, and immediately began playing it. And so the band, who had never had any success up to that point, figured, well, screw this. And so they, just, they, call, they all quit the regular band, which was their day job. And they, like the next day, they formed this uh, this group, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, whose whole point is to come to town and play like some really loud screaming metal version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And that's it. Uh, I mean, they're just like the Mannheim steamroller guy. They, they completely, accidentally uh, created this niche market for heavy metal Christmas songs. It's kind of admirable in a, in a weird musical capitalism kind of way here. Here's Tim Riley. A
5: nineteen year old man speeding through the cover of the BMW cranked up his car early this morning. He's dead. Oh really? Yeah.
1: Well, how fast was he going? Doesn't say. Does this need to be a Darwin watch? I suppose yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's your Darwin watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson well, radio program. The bad stuff is about to go down. Don't,
2: don't.
19: One doll, one doll, one the dust, hey. Oh! My heart just stopped.
1: Ah, there it goes.
5: So this is one, two, three parts.
1: All right. So we have, so you do have the other part of that. I do. There was a second Darwin one that just happened today, I think. And then, I had another one too. There was that one with the train. I got that one. All right, fantastic. Then I have a third one. It's people dying left and right. Uh, wait a minute. Then I had a fourth one. Really? Honestly? I do. Four in a day? I think I do. Well, maybe we are maybe getting smarter as a species. Let's
5: see here. Well, let's start with the first one. We'll get to the other ones in just a minute. Uh, first, a 19-year-old man speeding through the of the BMW cranked up his car early this morning and died. They, uh, the witness who saw the car speeding past, hitting southbound at 140 in the morning. Seconds later, the driver loses control, shears off a fire hydrant, crashes into a light pole, rolls several times. Throws the guy out of the car. He came to rest upside down in the parking lot of a mini-mart at Chickloff Drive in Southeast 7th.
1: Dad at a mini-mart in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. That is not how you want your life to end up. That's like that guy who ended up beaten to death in a hotel with a steel dildo. It's like you just don't, you know, there's a big jar of Vaseline next to him. You don't want that to happen. What are your parents going to think when they read that in your obituary? For the love of God, he sheared off a fire hydrant? Yeah. That's actually kind of impressive. Mm -hmm. What, What kind of car was he driving? He was driving a BMW. That's kind of a ringing endorsement for BMW, actually, because you would sort of figure that's a kind of immovable force. No, what am I saying? Irresistible objects? Mm. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing today. I need a mouth candling just is what I need. I mean. um, just, just keep filling the air time. It'll be 3 o'clock soon enough. Um but, I mean, you would think, I mean, a fire plug, that does seem like a thing that's not going to be easily taken out of the ground. Those things, it seems like they're built to withstand huge water pressure and, you know, the fire truck latching those things onto them. And you've got you to gotta imagine a fire, um, you know, a fire hydrant gets hit by cars every now and again. The fact that he could shear it completely off is actually sort of impressive on behalf of the BMW. Well, well mm-hmm. done, I suppose. Then I have more.
5: Uh, Police say a man who was trying to entertain his family by putting a penny on the tracks has died after being struck by a train in Greenwich, Connecticut. The man jumped onto the tracks at the Riverside train station uh, to place a penny on the tracks and show his wife and daughters how it would be flattened by a train.
1: the penny would be flattened by the train. Uh,
5: Family members were trying to uh, help him get back on the platform. The Metro North Railroad train, an express from Stanford to New York, was reaching speeds of 75 miles an hour when it struck the man. He died instantly. Please, with all, holding the man's name pending notification of all relatives.
1: All right. So. Here's the here's the idea, friends. If you decide that you're going to do some wacky experiment with a train that weighs 100 tons and is coming at you at 85 miles an hour, mm-hmm. why don't you leave your wife and children at home the next time? And, or, or better yet, just go to one of those machines like at Multnomah Falls that stretches your penny for you. Putting pennies on the railroad track seems like a thing that you do when the train is, oh, I don't know, not 500 feet away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it seems like, I mean, I guess that's why it is a Darwin watch, though. It, it does seem like these are lessons most of us learn early on before we've had a chance to reproduce. But what do I know? Did you ever hear that thing growing up that if you put a quarter on the track, though, it would completely derail the train? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess. it does. And nobody ever does it with quarters. Everybody does it with pennies. That's kind of weird now that you think about it. There's no one to say that we've all at some point in our human history. We all decided that a penny. It was the default currency that we were going to use when having things squashed by a freight train. All right. And the last one. A woman accidentally set her kitchen on fire this morning and then
5: had to escape when the fire extinguisher would not work. Joanne Atchison said she put an old microwave on top of the stove while replacing it with a new microwave, then accidentally hit the knob on the stove that turned on the burner. She quickly discovered something burning and tried to put out the resulting fire with a fire extinguisher, but it failed to work. The fire quickly spread throughout the kitchen, uh, leading Atchison to leave her home at 1715 19th Street Northeast in Salem. It took firefighters 10 minutes to put out the fire, and uh, it spread to the rest of the house. Fire damage so far is only $10,000. You know, I got to tell you this.
1: Where? What? Where was this? Salem. Damage was only $10,000. Well, not too bad. Well, for Salem, I guess if you adjust that for Salem dollars, mm-hmm. that's, that's like three year salary. Uh, the fire really is terrifying, though, and I know that I'm sort of stating the obvious, but I only say this because about two weeks ago, I had a small fire start in my toaster oven. And toaster ovens, by the way, are fantastic. They last forever. Oh, man, toaster ovens. Who were we just talking about? The, the other, oh, we were talking about Fat Boy the other day. I was over at his house for the Aliens commentary, and somebody was like, hey, I brought whatever, I brought some sort of comestible to eat. Do you have a, do you have a toaster oven? He's like, no, I got a microwave. And everybody in the room, and it was all dudes, every guy in the room, and you would typically think of guys as all having microwave and not having anything that actually did any cooking. But everybody was sort of agog that he didn't have a toaster oven because a toaster oven is the most massively useful thing. You have a toaster oven, don't you? Oh, my God. Really?
3: No, I have a microwave. Though I have a friend who, um, my friend Lisa doesn't have a microwave. Or a toaster. So anytime I come over there, I always end up bringing frozen food and get have to heat it up in the oven for like two hours.
1: Boil your bread? Yeah. The well, I mean, look, I have a microwave which I use a thousand times a day, like all good Americans. But the toaster oven, it cannot be beat. There are some things that you simply cannot use the microwave for. Uh, for example, you're going to like unless it's the sort of Cardboard pizza you get from the store that has that weird silver crisping tray. You try to heat up a, a toaster, you know, anything that's sort of toasty in a microwave, and it's just going to become all soggy. The toaster oven is great because in about three minutes, it'll heat up like your leftover pizza from last night, and it makes it crisp. It keeps it crisp all the way. Uh, it,
3: are you going to talk about toaster ovens for the next ten minutes? I'm now? not
1: going to talk about toaster ovens just because you're going deaf and will be completely. Un- I know there are more important things in
3: life, like my loss, my
5: hearing loss. I'm hearing a hum in my ear.
1: Yeah, me too. You know who's not? Who? <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Actually, it's in my right ear. No? Yes. To my left ear. Well, it's well you the... wear your headphone back. That's right. right. Can you hear a humming in your right ear? There is a yeah. humming going on. Okay, I'm just checking. No, I don't know. I can't hear anything. Really? No. So your left ear doesn't work at all, and your right ear is about I think my right ear is only like
3: point. 50%. All right. Yeah, it's awful. That's well, Okay,
1: Beethoven. So I'm just saying the toaster oven is fantastic, but I did have a dry... I was... Uh, um, toasting some bread and part of it uh, that came off and landed on one of the heating elements and a small fire started in the toaster oven. And I mean, it's not going to go in it. The worst case scenario in a toaster oven is uh, that it just burns itself out because it's a metal box and nothing's going to happen. The fire can't spray it out of there really. But it does sort of terrify you when you see a live, out of control fire in some part of your house. That's only happened to me a couple of times in my life. I think once, I forget exactly how this happened. Somebody was I don't even remember how this happened, but at some point there was a paper towel that was on fire in my kitchen at one point. I don't even remember how. I think Clyde was involved in that somehow. Uh... And then the paper towel got dropped on the floor, and for a brief second, my carpet was on fire. Okay. Uh, no, and we immediately took a took a, a you know a rug and we it, it, tamped it down, and the fire went out. But that is a special kind of fear when there was some kind of fire burning inside your home. You really do just get this this weird primal radon Chong kind of uh, terror burning in your soul about that. All right, that's your Darwin watch for a Wednesday on the Rick Emerson radio program
2: Don't, don't,
1: don't. Another one.
14: Another one bites the dust, and another one
1: don't. and another one don't. another one bites the dust, hey. um, Is there an open channel or something somewhere on the board? It, it's rather loud. It was, and it wasn't there earlier. There is... Uh, no, just your computers
3: and your microphones and the um, phone.
1: Try turning down my computer. Try turning down Tim's computer. That there we it. go. That's it. So Tim my has my computer some, has a hum. There is some uh some are you have like a YouTube window or something open? No. Are you were you playing something off the net? No. Okay, well there you go. Well I guess the moral is we will keep that turned down if we don't need it. Yeah, there's some weird some weird low level uh, hum coming well, We won't
5: use any humming mechanisms for a while. I don't think people can even hear
1: that noise, but we can hear it here in the studio and it drives me that crazy. Is
5: crazy. <laughs> Another fire in Salem this morning. It started in the nineteen ninety eight Jaguar. Uh, Patricia Joy Curtis was home at her lovely uh, home at 502 Snow White Way. Snow White Way? Mm-hmm. When she heard a car horn. Thinking someone uh, was outside peeping the horn, she looked out the kitchen window. Then she saw a fire burning in her 1998 Jaguar. She and her dog were able to escape without injury. The fire spread to the house. Uh, the rear of the home had a large second floor deck, and it was covered for the carport where the cars are kept. All four vehicles, including the Jaguar, the 1992 Corvette, the 1949 Bentley, and 1929 replica Mercedes, all a total loss. Two firefighters also injured fighting that fire. Uh, meanwhile, it's almost time for those kicker checks to come in the mail. They're going to be in the mail to you sometime after Thanksgiving, but uh, before Christmas. And this is for how much? Well, it all depends. I'm getting nine dollars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's wonderful. Have you already got it all spent in your head? Have Have you been window shopping all week?
5: I triple check my figures and and disappointing like I'm getting nine dollars. Now,
1: because I'm a retard, I don't know any of these things. What determines how much my kicker check will be for?
5: It all depends on how much you paid in taxes and how much you got back.
1: Oh, I paid a lot, and I got nothing back. Okay. I paid... I paid... I got a lot back. Did you, have you... I, so if you got nothing back, you are going to get a bigger kicker check. Right? I don't know how it works in everybody else's house, but it, it, do you all have this where you are convinced that you've paid all your taxes for the year, and then, it, like, six weeks later, you got another bill for something?
3: Oh, that was exactly me this year. It's
1: like, about every... I don't know, like about every month, month and a half, I would get some uh, some letter from the from from the government saying, oh, by the way, you still need to pay this section of your taxes. It did seem well, like well, I got I paid... about nine different tax bills this you year. You can pay
5: your property taxes in three
1: different payments, that state law. Well, because... November, it... February, and May. Because then there's the county... But now this is the last year that we are paying Multnomah County tax. Is that right? No, you pay... Or not Multnomah County tax, but okay. what is the thing I'm saying? The... Um... There's oh, that, maybe some local tax. There's, yeah, there's that local tax that I think if you live in Multnomah County, yeah. this is the last year for it. Now I'm talking about property tax. All right. No, I just – because every time – I would look at the bank account, and I would see that there had been some colossal whack taken out of our savings, and I would look and I would ask my wife, what's this for? And she'd go, well, that's that final bit of it. And I swear to you, that five or six times she would explained to me that it was the final section of some tax bill that we were paying. But it did seem like that happened repeatedly over the course of the year.
5: Yeah, I mean, if you're paying property taxes it will, unless you pay one lump sum, you can pay one, two, or three payments. Here's Tim Riley. So, if you get a phone call or email asking for your bank account, somebody on the phone asking for this information, your bank account, so that your kicker refund can be electronically deposited into your account, don't believe it. Hang up immediately. The Oregon Department of Revenue said a handful of taxpayers have reported getting official-sounding phone calls and emails offering to deposit their kicker refund. They don't do that. They tell the taxpayers they work for the Department of Revenue. They offer to deposit the kicker check refund in their bank account. All you have to do is give them your account number. Don't do it.
1: Hello, I work for the Department of Revenue. I used to sell crack. Now I, I used to be addicted to crack. Yeah, totally. Scotty J, will you please give me your account number? This is a widespread
5: identity theft scheme known as phishing, it's spelled with a PF and an ishing after it. Uh, The department never emails or telephones taxpayers asking for bank account information. Plus... They aren't able to provide direct deposit as an option to kick your refunds.
1: No, of course it's you not, get them in the mail. That would require that the government exist in at least the late 20th century. You know, the, the number of things that the government will not allow you to do online yet is just staggering when yeah. you think about it. The number of bills, the number of outstanding debts, and, the, the, the paperwork that you cannot take care of on the Internet is really just staggering. Yeah, it are I mean, really if, behind. Oh, no, it, if any business ran that way, they would have been out of business 100 years ago. But then you way you're, you're taking away their promise to be inefficient.
5: So what do you, what do you need their inefficiency if you're taking that away? I suppose it's true.
1: All you're right. threatening somebody's livelihood. Uh, Rick, I thought the last real fire in your kitchen was the crisping hair of your Guatemalan housekeeper. Oh, I've forgotten all about that. Yeah. Um, this is from Aaron. He says, Rick, I understand it's easy for you to forget brown people, but please, noble white man, try to remember whenever this happens in your kitchen. Thank you, sir. Uh, and then he says, uh, all good Americans should own a toaster oven. Ask Sarah why she hates America. Inquiring minds want to know.
5: As a uh, matter of fact, toaster ovens are made in Mexico.
1: Is that true? Mm-hmm. Well, see, so I'm supporting the Mexican uh, economy.
5: i want to be able to hear,
3: but you can't talk.
1: <laughs> what if we're all losing? What if it's like a John Paul Sartre play, and we're all losing uh, one sense? Tim can't see. <gasps> Tim can't see. Oh, wait till well, tomorrow. We're becoming those three monkeys. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to come in here. Oh, tapping, God. Oh, God. What are you have?
5: My my new bifocal contacts. Now, see, I don't even
1: understand how that works. How can bi-focal I be bifocal? That's what I said. Yep.
5: I, do they stick candles amazing. in your
1: eyes well, for you know, I've this? I've always
3: wanted a sunglasses contacts. How ingenious is that?
1: Well, anyway. Well, wouldn't those just be tinted?
3: No, but, I mean, get, like, sunglasses to cover your eyes. so That way you don't have to wear sunglasses.
5: You could just have sunglasses in your contacts.
1: All right. Let's get I, back to that in a second, because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> how do... The they, police... they work
5: great, except... When one fell out last week and I didn't know it, and they replaced it with one that was a different size.
1: They replaced it with Folgers crystals.
5: Well, what happened was when I was taking one out, I didn't know, but I had successfully taken it out. So here I am pulling on my eyeball, screaming at the top of my lungs. Oh! I was taking them out in in the restroom in my office so nobody could hear my cries of pain, thinking that I can't find this contact. So after giving up, and my eyes are completely, there's <laughs> a red mark running down the side of my sheet trying to pull out this contact, I looked on the rug leading to the restroom, and it had fallen out on the rig about an hour before that.
1: It <laughs> is jamming a finger into your cornea over and over for 65 oh, minutes? Yes. I, and it, it had fallen
5: out on my first attempt. Oh my God. So, I, so they had to order me some new ones. So I'm going to get them tonight, I, and I will wear them tomorrow.
1: I have had so many... I don't wear contacts anymore because they fatigue me. Uh, I find that if I wear contacts, I get really tired. They would fatigue me trying to get them out. <laughs> fatigue me what, with all this work of jamming a thumb into my iris. Uh, I would find that I would put in contacts in the morning, and I'd be fine till around 1 or 2 in the afternoon. And then uh, they would just make... Uh, and if you have ever worn contacts, you know what I'm saying. They make your eyes tired. You just, you just feel... Uh, It it just gives you sort of a weird, exhausted feeling. And I would always have to switch to my glasses by the time afternoon came around anyway. The only time I miss wearing contacts is if I am bicycling and it's raining or it's cold, my glasses will fog. And then I'm always afraid I'm just going to go right into the side of a Kenworth. But um, contact lenses, I have had more of those problems with contact lenses, I did that uh, where where I would try to take out my right... And despite what people would think, it doesn't hurt to put your contacts in. People have that little thing where I could never stick something in my eye. But you, the thing is, you can't even feel it. What you can feel is when you, as you just said, accidentally... One of the contacts falls out, and you don't know it. Mm -hmm. And so you're jamming a finger onto the surface of your eye, trying to peel away a contact lens, which is no longer there. And so all you're doing is rubbing your finger over the skin of your eye, repeat it for like half an hour, going, I just can't find it. Yeah. Uh, have then you after com- you give up, you, you find it lying on the green rag outside the bathroom. Have you and you step on it, tearing yeah. it with your shoe? Have you um, have you ever worn contacts before? Yes. Okay. But not bifocal contacts. So let's well we'll get back to that in a second. So let's discuss some other contact lens related ailments. So Sarah, your ears may be going to hell, but let me tell you about the things I've done to my eyes. Have you ever had this contact lens folds over like a burrito and slides back behind your eyeball? Oh. Yeah, that's a lot of
3: fun. Bad.
1: It'll fold over on itself and of course it's staticky, you know, they're they're positively charged. So the contact lens will fold in half, they're very thin and it goes seals together and then it'll slide back behind your eye where it is as though a small gnome is standing in your ocular orifice jabbing something sharp into the back of your uh, into the back of your eyeball. There's that. Um when I had long hair, uh I used to have this really insanely long hair. And at one point a stray hair was still sort of um, it was like caught in my eyelash or something um so i went to put my contact lens in inadvertently caught oh. a no 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 it gets better oh. inadvertently as i'm putting in my contact lens caught a long hair from my head between the contact and the surface of my eye why okay but here's for the payoff you're asking why here's why sarah cuz that hurts but you know what hurts more when <gasps> Don't you then say your hair no. When you then put your hand in your hair and you flip your hair back and it rips the hair right across the surface of your eye, pinned underneath the contact lens, that's a lot of fun. God,
3: that's gross. Yes,
1: it is. All right. So So You
3: didn't like my sunglasses contacts idea? Well, no,
1: we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, So please now to explain bifocal contact lenses. That just hurts my brain. How does it even work? They work terrific. But, I mean, what is the science behind them? Do you know? I don't know. I'll, I'll ask the eye doctor today. Because that doesn't even... Because once a contact lens is on your eye, mm-hmm. they do not stay uh, – what am I trying to say? They don't stay, like, in one place. They they rotate on the surface of your eye. They do not stay, to my understanding, in a fixed position. Mm-hmm. They will sometimes rotate as you blink and as uh, tears are just sort of naturally on your eye and your eye wets itself. The contact lenses will sometimes rotate like a clock. Um, so I don't even understand how bifocal – do you have to tilt your head? No. This is freaking me out. Okay, hold on. So, let's talk about your
2: eyes, Jim Riley.
1: (laughs) Okay. Tell me more about my eyes. Well,
5: here's how all this started. I I went to this place to get my eyes examined for a type of surgery. Yes. Uh, And they said because I'm of a certain age... Even with the operation, I will still need glasses, which defeats the purpose of having this done anyway, totally. because the surgery is, so you do not have to wear glasses anymore.
1: Which is the same but reason I didn't have it done. Right,
5: and they don't tell you the catch to it. After a certain age, it doesn't do you any good. Yes. If you're in your 20s or 30s, fine. Yeah. As you advance into your later 30s, it doesn't do you any yeah. good.
1: <laughs> they told, Well, I when I had that conversation a long time ago at a different company, mm-hmm. they said, would you like to have this procedure done? And I said, I'll never have to wear glasses again. And they said, well... In about three years, you will. And I said, well, what, what, screw that. So, uh, so okay, but you, so I had this
5: conversation with the optometrist, and, and she agreed with me. I go, well, what are my alternatives? I mean, I, I wear these bifocals, and I'd like to get rid of them. Well, we do have bifocal contacts.
1: Would you like to try some? Now, your bifocal glasses, Yes. is it uh, that uh, dumb question? Part of the eyeglass is for close-up, and part is for far away? Bottom is for close up. Top is for far. Now you have to tilt your head to make that work, though. Yes. You look through the bottom for close up. You look through the top of your glasses for, for far away. You get used to it after a while. So my question is, do you don't have to do that with the contacts. No. Zone? That just doesn't make any sense. No, that it doesn't. And freaking it works. me out. And it works. That's seems... okay. So well, did your doctor need a lock of your hair and some some like sacred dust and did he stand in a circle and chant some sort of that sounds like witchcraft? No, it, I don't even it know how my that works. looked
5: like she was 15 years old. I was surprised she wasn't popping bubblegum in my ear. There is science that just
1: completely astounds me at some point. Uh, that really is impressive. contact, Weird. All right. Oh wait, somebody. I think somebody might be able to explain it here. That's. I'm not saying it they doesn't work. work. Clearly, it does. It's just there's certain certain scientific advancements like that just completely astound me because it's some guy who's like, yes, I've created a unique molecular polymer structure that will, you know, and it's like some guy who's so freakishly smart that you just thank the good Lord he's not creating a doomsday weapon that he instead is working at Bausch and Lomb. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey,
10: Rick. How's it going?
0: What's up? So, so these bifocal contacts really do work, Jim. Yes. Well, I should try those because I have to wear hard contacts.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, those suck.
0: And I have to wear driving glasses and reading glasses.
1: You, so you have to wear contacts and glasses?
0: Well, yeah, I wear contacts just to, to see. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if I want to drive and see more than, you know, 300 feet down the road, I have to wear glasses and oh. then I. Can't see anything close up like a computer screen
1: or a book. Oh, uh, You know, and and just hard contacts are the worst thing on earth. My grandmother used to wear those, and they tried to pitch those to me when I was younger, and they just are terrible. They feel like it feels like having a poker chip in your eye.
2: Yeah, pretty
1: much all the time. Uh, you know what's it? You, uh, it's like what is that scene in Ed Wood where Tor Johnson? These contact lenses are hurting my eyes. I can't see. I mean, it, that's like if you watch those old vampire movies where the vampires have yell like in The Lost Boys, where Keeper Sutherland has yellow eyes, those are big, hard pieces of plastic ah. stuck onto his cornea. I mean, that's just no good. Um, you know, what I used to wear is the daily disposable, and that's the greatest thing, because I would always forget to clean them. And then, you, of course, you live in fear that you're putting some sort of weird microbe death into your eye. So, um, glasses and contacts. These that's, have concentric yeah. ring designs.
0: Well, this the reason why my eyes are so bad is I, I had worn okay. soft contact Does that make sense? before. Yes, and uh, I was welding and I flash burned them onto my eyeball. Oh! And the resulting, Jesus God, them taking them off.
5: Ah! Ah! It's time for me to leave. Okay.
0: My eyes are the wrong shape now, and so they're all screwed.
1: My eyes are the wrong yeah, shape. At least you have your health. <laughs> <laughs> sort oh, of. Yeah. <laughs> if you sort of lower the bar to mean alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, well look, it could have been worse, sir. It could have, could have been me, I suppose. That yeah, well, sucks. You know,
0: I drive for a living now, so.
1: Well, that's it. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. Be, Be, thank you. You bet. All right, there you go. <laughs> do, you, do
5: you understand the principle behind this? No. That guy
1: and Jamie Cooley are both driving. I'm sorry. Is that too much? Should I believe that? Yes. I'm oh, I'm sorry. I believed it, Scotty. So no, he doesn't take it out of the podcast. Come on, look at the people here. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was too much. That was too. That was that was, was that was cruel. Soon. It was over the line. Okay, so Tim, just showed me a diagram of his contact lenses. So it is near and distant. It's in rings. Yeah. So it's like you a, can't see them there. It's like a bullseye, red ring, red ring, white ring. You know, but it's rings of that, and the rings alternate close and far away. So your eye without you even knowing it automatically tracks in on exactly the surface your That's brain. That's nuts. No, that it's great. Is, it's amazing. I, but see again, it's sort of obvious now that I think about it. But of course I didn't think of it. Some brainiac uh, working for lens crafters thought of it. That really is genius. And it's simple now that I'm looking at it. It it's never even by occurred to me. Back you view by, by vocals. I wish that I could wear contact lenses. I really do. Wearing glasses sucks, and I've worn them since. Oh, I wish I had the wrong one. Oh, I know. And I think them... Like mine are getting old again. I've only had them for a year, and I, I was. I'm already noticing. I have to squint. You know what? Dude, let me ask you this. Because Sarah, your okay. vision goes to hell, but you just won't do anything well, about it. This program
5: is ruining my vision. <laughs>
1: it's, ru- it's ruining. It's ruining your vision. It's ruining Scotty's life. Uh, it's ruining Sarah's hearing. <laughs> I myself, I've got this rash all up and down my left side. I no. Um, At least we don't have a staph infection. Well, nobody on the (laughs) staff. The diodes all up and down my left side. The um, do you have a litmus test, Tim, that you use? In other words, something you look at a lot that you, when it gets blurry, you can tell it's time for new glasses. Yes. What is it? Can I ask? It is the printing on the TV for CNN. Okay. You know what I use? I use the digital readout on my TV that says what channel it is. That's what I use. And when it says, like, channel 63, but it starts... When I have to squint to make the television channel number look sharp, that's how I know that my glasses are out of date. Man, how weird.
5: Yeah, it's when I can't see
1: who Larry King's guests are. Exactly, and you're squinting. Going, oh God, here we go. Uh, I've, you know, and I've worn glasses since I was five. I've worn glasses for almost 30 years now, and they just—I hate them. I hate them with everything in me. But there just is no alternative. Uh, I don't want—I don't want to get the thing done, uh, and I don't. And, and contact lenses are just have too many drawbacks for me. I would always fall asleep in them. You fall asleep in contacts when you wake up and you're afraid that you've got a tumor growing under your eye. Can I just tell you this? Speaking of that guy sealing his contacts under his eyes, you know what I was always afraid of? Uh, What's that? I used to work in a kitchen with ammonia, and you would always hear that if your contact lenses were uh, exposed to ammonia gas, that it would do the same thing. It would immediately seal your contacts to your eyes. And that's not the worst part, though. They would say, now, when your contacts become inadvertently sealed to your eyes... You have to fight off the almost overwhelming instinct to reach into your eyes and take the contacts out because oh you'll just God. rip your cornea out with them, and then you'll be blind forever. And I think that was actually one of the things that maybe... That me...
3: sounds like that's the main reason.
1: That was one of those things that and I it's heard... in the... your
3: head, and it's not getting Oh, out. yeah.
1: I mean, because that you... there's no going back from that. That was one of the things that convinced me. I'm like, oh, screw this. I don't think so. I'll wear glasses. I mean, look, I don't like wearing glasses, but I like it a whole lot more than the alternative. So, not wearing glasses. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Okay, well, we have to break let's here in a start. second, but ask me, bring up your thing about the sunglass contacts, because I don't know what you're talking about.
3: Well, I mean, if they make contacts for glasses, can't they make, like, sunglasses contacts?
1: Hold on. Boy, well, you're turning into a for Z- pres- prescription sunglasses. That's you will say turning into a Paul Barman song. Okay, let's stop. If they have what for what? It makes sense in my
3: head. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? No, talking?
1: understand. I don't know what you're asking yet.
3: I'm saying, can you make contact lenses that are little mini sunglasses?
1: But how would that work? In other words, are they just tinted?
3: Yeah, like tinted, tinted plastic. Yeah, like tinted, like UV protection.
1: I suppose, contacts. and Th- can there make... are tinted, but it would make contacts. you look like the devil because you would but just that would have look kind of like cool. Well, they do have those for like Halloween. They're not, they're not correct. I mean, if just... you're
3: at a concert or something, like out in the middle of the day, like at Warped Tour, and you don't want to stand there with the and get sunglasses lines all day, you could instead just put in some contacts.
1: I don't guess any you know I would be surprised if they don't have that. They probably don't have them corrective, but I know they make them for Halloween. They're just plain. They're not corrective. They're just plain generic. They're like vanity glasses, but they're vanity contacts. But they're just they're, they're you know in case you want to have goblin eyes or something for Halloween. I don't think that they make those in a corrective sense, but they might. You know, because that's the other thing with wearing glasses. I'm always having to carry like those honking huge things I wear to bicycle on those Terminator X sunglasses that go over these, or you have to wear corrective like Dwayne Wayne glasses. See, wouldn't that
3: be nice if you could just put on your little contact lens sunglasses and I then suppose. wear your glasses?
1: I suppose. Oh yes.
3: Then you wouldn't look like the Terminator.
1: Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Boy. If I, could, really, if I could change something about myself it, physically, it really I think I actually would just go to have perfect vision. I people who have perfect vision, I'm not gonna say that I sort of get that I'm resentful of it, but I people who have perfect vision don't I, would you agree with this? The people who have perfect vision don't appreciate it, you right. think? They just have no idea. And when time marches on, it's a normal thing that yeah. your vision starts to fail. I mean, I used to be so resentful of that when I was a kid, though, that I I know a friend of mine who was, you know, 10, 11 when I was you know, a little kid. He'd have perfect vision, and I would just be like, you have no idea how blessed you are to just be able to. And I know that there's worse problems to have. Don't get me wrong. But, I, you know, but people who can just open their eyes and they can just see. They wake up in the morning, they open their eyes, everything looks fine. I mean, that is just, it's so great. I I really wish that I, because I don't ever remember having good vision. Because I had glasses before I even went to kindergarten, I think. Um. So. And, and the worst part
5: part is, if you have to put contacts in in the morning, you can't see anyway. I mean, you are sticking them up your nostril before you know that they're missing. Oh, that's
1: true. And if your eyes, and if you've got, oh, man, don't, don't even get started on the hay fever. You get, like, allergies and you've got contacts. Man, forget about it. All right. Uh. Well we should break yeah. uh since it's you know Jesus it's almost one o'clock we've done nothing nothing zero zilch has been accomplished here today. Next hour... that's why, that's
5: why people listen to song
1: it's true this is exactly the kind of thing that keeps the Phoenix audience so we riveted. In
3: ears in the first hour eyes in the second hour I hadn't thought about that
1: next hour all tongues all right here's uh, Alice Cooper back after this it's the Rick Emerson radio program
2: I, can't go to school I ain't gotta...
1: Yes, as a side note, here we have this. Rick lets Sarah know that the contacts I have say that they do have UV protection, just like sunglasses, even though they're not tinted. I can see that.
3: But not even UV protection, just like something to actually shield your eyes from
1: the sun. T- to tinted, yeah. Yeah. You know, I-, I bet they do sell those. Well, or maybe I'm a some. genius, or maybe both. Uh, also, there's nothing worse than touching. Uh, I'm sorry. He says there's nothing worse than when your contact folds over on itself. And note to smokers. Wash your hands before putting in or taking out contacts because nothing can describe the horrific pain of touching your eyeball with nicotine and tar-laced fingertips. He's so cute. Yeah. yeah. I did that with jalapeno uh, on my oh. fingertips one time. That was no good. Oh, this guy says, Rick, people that have perfect hair suck more than any of them. Screw my vision. I just want my hair back. All right? Oh. Uh... Let me, let me point you towards a company called Medical Hair Restoration, my friend. Uh, Rick, all new toaster ovens suck. Fix the old ones at all costs. You know, it's interesting he says that because my new toaster oven does suck compared to my old one. My old one, which I had forever and ever and ever until, this is true, I just dropped it on the floor and it shattered because um, it was like 50 years old. It did work flawlessly. My new one is great, but not nearly as good as my old one. What is the deal with new toaster ovens? And finally this, Rick, have you seen they are now selling candles that smell like bacon, lettuce, and tomato? Fantastic. All right, that's a candle I can get behind. Here's Tim Riley. Well, imagine this. You're riding on the
5: tram, and all of a sudden you're showered with gifts. Why? Why, asked Colita O'Neill? Imagine that you're in
1: Lair Hill and you're showered with the tram.
5: Well, apparently she's the one millionth passenger to ride the tram. One million people that's have That's made
1: it. up. That, 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 that,
5: how long has it been open? The last December. Well, she works for OHSU. Right. She's not surprised it's already reached the one millionth mark, although you're surprised. It's amazing how many people ride it and think it's a conversation piece. Uh, if they're interested
1: in it, they're getting a lot of visitors and everything. My wife keeps nagging me to do it because she has a free pass to it. She says, we gotta run the tram and I just have no I have no desire. There's nothing it's just looking at it freaks me out.
5: I, the strange thing is this one million passenger coincided with the first anniversary of the Center
1: for Health and Healing at OHSU. Really? Yeah. Healing people who've fallen off of a big metal thing right above Saint John's or wherever the John's Landing. Yes. Yeah.
5: Uh forty thousand tons of beef have been stolen in Florida. Uh, thieves took off with a trailer
1: containing the beat.
5: There's $360,000 worth of spare ribs, ribeye steaks, and other meat. Trailer. I barely knew her.
1: Time for Bush Watch. Here's your Bush Watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio he's Program. president, resident, kind of in charge. He's got the whole country saying. That's my bus. Life is hard that's the price of fame. When you're president, everyone knows your name. Hey, what's that name? It's my
19: bus. I can't believe he's actually in the White House. That's all my
5: Deepening unhappiness, but the President and the U.S. Congress has soured the mood of Americans and sent Bush's approval rating to another record low. Let's see, it fell from 98.8 to 96.
1: Now that's the mood of the country. That's the mood of the country. That's not, yeah, the, that's that's not the, the approval country. rating. Evolution. Bush's
5: job approval rating fell from 24% to 24%. It was 29%. A poetry 11% gives Congress a positive grade tying last month.
1: So so Congress, so 24% approval rating, but Congress is actually less than half that? Yeah.
5: All right. Well, they really
1: don't do anything. Well, no, and let's be honest. When has Congress ever... Uh, no. These polls almost mean nothing. Right. Because when yeah. is the last time you ever... Ever, ever talk to somebody said, "Hey, do you think the government's doing a great job?" And everybody went, "Yes, boy, howdy! That Congress is getting things done left and right." Yeah. It's like a rule; you sort of have to hate Congress. So there.
5: Uh, is the uh, president relevant anymore? No. He rejected questions about his relevance in the uh, last lap of his presidency. How
1: fitting he wouldn't actually even answer a question about his relevance because mm-hmm. it wasn't
4: it wasn't germane. I'm uh, really looking forward to the next 15 months. I'm looking forward to. Getting some things done for the American people. And if it doesn't get done, I'm looking forward to reminding people as to why it's not getting done.
1: So he's already looking forward to reminding us of why he accomplished nothing.
4: Excellent. Well done. Way to be a forward thinker. He will continue to use his veto power. When I tell you I'm going to sprint to the finish and finish this job strong, that's one way to ensure that I am relevant. It's one way to ensure that I'm in the process and I intend to use the veto.
1: How sad. that the Does he actually know how disliked he really is? No. The the, the theoretically the most powerful person in the entire world has to, quote, remind people he is relevant. That's just, that's unfortunate is what that is.
5: Uh, He says the U.S. is making their case about those uh, Turkish troops coming into
4: Iraq. We are making it very clear to Turkey that we don't think it is in their interests to send uh, troops into Iraq. Actually, they have troops already stationed in Iraq. And they've had troops stationed there for quite a while. We don't think it's in their interest to send more troops in.
1: Huh? Whatever. <laughs> I don't even... I don't know. And then... I, I thought we were getting of to nuke Iran. Well, the other weird thing was, I was listening to the BBC
5: this morning, and their parliament gave the Turks permission to go into Iraq. So is Britain the
1: one that decides who gets to go in? I don't know. It doesn't matter? I thought who... I don't even know the... I thought the, President Bush was the decider. I... I don't know. I, uh... I have, no, I have no notion. All I know is that I read on the Drudge Report this morning the quote from Bush saying that uh, if Iran goes nuclear, it could lead to World War Three. So that's what you, else. That's he what loves
5: you, more. Yeah, we all love killing people. <laughs> that's what you like to see. Uh, Congress has too much work to do without having to determine an Armenian genocide.
4: With all these pressing responsibilities, one thing Congress should not be doing is sorting out the historical record of the Ottoman Empire. The resolution on the mass killings of Armenians beginning in 1915 is counterproductive. He doesn't even know what he's saying. No, he's just. Uh, he's
5: tipping around harsh remarks about the former top U.S. military commander in Iraq, Ricardo Sanchez, saying naughty things
4: about him. I admire General Sanchez's service to the country. I appreciate his service to the country.
1: <laughs> done, done. That's Carl Rove yanking the plug out from the microphone. We're finished.
4: All right. Uh, then uh, the president said he uh, had
5: uh, lunch with uh, some Dalai Lama. Uh, China knew he was going to meet with the uh, Lama.
4: I have consistently told the Chinese that religious freedom is in their nation's interest. I've also told them that uh, I think it's in their interest to meet with the Dalai Lama. If they were to sit down with the Dalai Lama, they would find him to be a man of peace and reconciliation.
1: All right. Okay. That's a bushwater. I don't care. Nobody Nobody cares cares about it. I can't even work up the energy to comment. All right. Uh, Let's see. Let's see what Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson show. Hello.
12: Hi Rick, uh, big fan. Um I remember when I was a teenager, uh, that when I had to get some glasses and the guy and then I had to get new glasses. I I was so horrified when he said, "Hey, you're going to need new glasses and you'll have to wear them forever and your eyes are going to get weaker and weaker and weaker." And I just said, "Screw that." So I've been exercising my eyes and I haven't I'm 54 now. I don't even I've never had to wear glasses since. It's you can exercise the shape how much of your can eyes... your
1: eyes bench press, sir?
12: <laughs>
1: I don't understand what that means. What do you mean even exercising your eyes?
12: Well the shape of your eyes are controlled by muscles, little tiny muscles that are inside your eyes. Is this eye? like
2: that
1: weird thing they used to advertise on talk radio until the company got sued into bankruptcy? That I don't know. uh that see Clearly method?
12: I heard. I don't know what happened to them. I never heard. Oh, I know I mean, what
1: happened to them. I know the federal, the Food and Drug Administration uh, sued them into oblivion, and they're now forbidden from selling anything ever well, again.
12: I'm not trying to sell anything. No, no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm just. just know. telling you what I've done. No, I just for myself. There's just a procedure of of exercising, consciously uh, exercising the field of vision and the depth of your field of vision, and it's like exercising. Of any kind. It's, it's,
1: I don't understand what that means, though. What do you mean exercising your vision? Don't you do that all the day, all day long, just by looking at stuff?
12: Well, no. I, in fact, I've, I remember I had a job for a while, a year or two, where I was working on a computer screen, and my God, you know, I'd get up from that and I couldn't see ten feet because my eyes were used to being focused about a, you know, six, eight, about three feet, two feet from my face, and then I would, I lost my depth of vision, but with exercise again, that came back um what what you do i mean i could tell you specifically what i did was i remember i i stood in front of a, a screen door and i would focus on the screen and then i would focus immediately in front of me and then i would look very carefully out into the distance and wherever it faded out i would go up to that edge back and forth back and forth and i extended that edge Um uh, did your eyes take the your your the muscles in your eyes get used to a certain range and if you exercise that range, you you gain – I've always had – I mean, since then, I've had excellent <laughs> vision, perfect vision.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm glad it's worked out for you, my friend.
12: Well, I can send you an email to, to describe it
1: more do. detail if you like. Thank you. Please do. Yeah, bye. Thank you. There you go. All right. You could use diagrams on those eye exercises. But you can give me as much detail as you possibly can. Speaking of uh, your field of vision, have you guys seen that weird? Uh, I don't want to say it's an optical illusion, but that weird thing that's going around the net. Yeah, Chris Sneedon pointed it, uh, pointed it me toward it. It's a, it's the weirdest thing. It is a, it is an animated image of a woman, uh, and she's like a ballet dancer. It's a silhouette of a ballet dancer, sort of doing a pirouette. But depending on whether you are left-brained or right-brained she looks like she's either going counterclockwise or clockwise. It's the weirdest damn thing. It'll completely screw with you. It'll bend your mind in half.
3: This is on the internet?
1: It's uh if you go to Chris Neathan's website, which is on the vig, o n t h e v i g onthevig.com, on it's like two links away. He'll he he uh, it's about halfway down his page. And he says something about you know I always see it counterclockwise and he'll link to an Andrew Sullivan blog who in turn links to the image. I looked at it last night and if you focus really hard, you can actually make it switch. You can engage the other side of your brain. Uh, it is really weird though. It's like this thing scientifically designed to to to. Alright, don't tell me what direction right it was brain. going for you. Okay, yeah, no, I. Well, you'll be able to guess actually when it, when it lays out what it's like if your left brain you see it going one way if you see it, if it's right brain you see it going the other way. And if you sort of if you really work at it you can make it stop and, like, and, and start going the other way. But it's freaky. Optical illusions are weird. Optical illusions are weird, and they're a little strange because they indicate exactly how gullible your mind can be. Optical illusions will screw with you because they show how easily you can short-circuit your own thought process. So every time you start thinking that you're like a real smart guy, go look at an Escher painting and realize how dumb your brain can really be sometimes. Uh, well, let's do these, and then we'll uh, do more news. Hi, uh, Heidi. You're on The Rick Emerson Show.
0: Hey, Rick. Hey, Sarah. Hello.
3: Um, Nike makes a tinted contact lens just for what you're talking about. It's called Nike Maxite.
1: Awesome. Hey, now, what a... is it? Now, is it a corrective lens, or no. is it simply for the purposes of blocking the sun?
3: Right, just for blocking the sun. It blocks out, like, harmful blue light and, like, 95% UVA and UVB rays. Excellent. So they have, like, a gray-green for, like, golf and running, and then an amber color for, like, soccer, tennis, oh, baseball. Oh, that's so cool. Don't ask me why there's different colors for different sports. That kind of doesn't
19: make sense, but...
4: <laughs> All right, excellent. Thank you. Yeah.
19: Uh-huh. All right, fantastic. Uh,
1: I guess I'm not a one genius. One more. higher on the Rick. Well, but see, every, you've been every time I come up with anything, even the, even the Nobel Pain Prize. There was some in the bicycling group that was already used. I
3: have it, actually, actually always wondered about the sunglasses contacts thing, so I'm glad that that... No, it's, okay.
1: all the good ideas are taken. I find this out, sadly, every day. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, I think that last guy was talking about doing eye kegel me-
10: exercises.
1: I, I <laughs> kegel. With good reference. sir. So that's the reference of the day.
11: Hey, Fantastic. This is Jesse from Red Hot Pistol.
1: All without the need of a broomstick. What?
11: This is Jeffy from Red Hot Pistol. Yes, sir.
1: Go. Hey, great show you guys put on the other night.
11: Thank you, yes, sir.
1: I wasn't able uh, to stay for, for the whole thing. Yeah, I, I had to. I had to leave at a certain point when you were playing that uh, "Devil Knows My Name" song. But boy, I Sarah and I have talked about the hearing loss thing. Uh, Sarah, we've been talking about the hearing loss uh-huh. thing. I'm gonna do that all day. Uh, but um, I always wear uh, hearing protection. But then on those days that I forget it, uh, like when I went to see you guys. It just, I guess the good news is I still get a lot of my hearing. The bad news is everything is just so freaking loud. Well, um really loud anyway. Oh, man, you guys just peeled the inside off my head. It was really, it was great, but it was really unbelievably loud. Uh, well, what's up?
11: Uh, well, I'm calling about um, Sarah's ear.
2: Of course uh, you are.
11: i have plagued with ear problems ever since I was a kid, and one of them is wax pulled up, and the same thing will happen to me every year or two. I'll lose hearing because it's waxed. And I, I'm obsessive about cleaning my ears with two tips, which you are, you know. Sure. You're nail on the head there that it's really bad for your ear. Swirl, you don't pack. Doctor, if you go to the doctor, they'll take this little utensil thing and scrape the wax out. Yeah. But with mine, it, it gets so hard and it gets packed in there that that didn't work. So they, you know, had me get the De Brox, um drops that she has. They don't work instantly. You have to do it over a, like a week or so. All right. You know, so, yeah,
1: so you may have to do back. it repeatedly then, Sarah, to kind okay. of use it or whatever. It's
11: not, not the little bulb thing. You've got to, you have got to—you probably get it at Walgreens or from a doctor, but it's a, it's a syringe. It's about four inches long and about an inch thick. Huh. And instead of having a needle on the end, it looks like that uh, when doctors would look in your ears, you know, that fine point. Oh, I know exactly what about. you're talking about. Oh. Yeah. And it's got three fine jets that shoot you know, warm water into your ear, and then channels that let that stuff channel back out. When you're using that little plunger, it just shoves it in there and leaves it in there. So
1: okay. it is. It is a lot like the nose kettle. Then it's very much like the nose kettle. It's yeah. just for your ears.
11: I did that for like a week and a half. Let and me ask you this. Let's broke just... loose. And it was like a two, two tablespoons worth of chunky brown, disgusting.
1: That's where I was going. I was just going to have you bottom line me about whether what ever came out of your ear was revolting. It was revolting. Think about was... this. That maybe that maybe that some of that earwax has been in there since you were like nine. Yeah, it's terrible. All right, thank you. thank you. When I was growing up, I had a real, uh, as most children do. When I was growing up, I had a real tenuous grasp of how the human body worked, and somehow, I don't know how the um, don't want to work blue. I don't know how I thought. I don't know how the excretory system figured into my thinking, but I remember being a little kid, like two, three, four, and somehow in my head, when you ate uh, food, all the food you ate just somehow piled up in your stomach. I remember being really little and thinking that was the case. And I guess I didn't really understand the whole in-out system. Oh, like an Elvis type of thing? <laughs> exactly. No, but it might, like, I would have, whatever, I would eat a, an apple, and in my head, in my stomach, there was just a big pile of food, and, like, here comes the apple, and just lands on top, and there it stays. Uh, it, it's kind of cute, actually, now that I think about it, but I thought all the food just sort of stored up inside you, and then at some point, somebody would come and get rid of it. But I, what,
3: what did you think was going on when, you know...
1: With, with the pooping? Yeah, with the poop. I money. don't know. I don't really know... If I had put it all together yet, yeah, but in my head, uh, and the, the reason I, the reason that uh, the whole thought process had occurred to me as a child is, I remember at one point when I was a really little kid, I did um, inadvertently swallow a small foreign object. Um, like Back. Well, it wasn't a attack, Although I went to school with a kid who did that, um, I was carrying a bunch of uh, little like army figure toys over to my friend's house to, you know, to do whatever it is. Or maybe I was maybe I was walking somewhere else. Anyway, I was carrying a bunch of little army toys. They were made of lead back then. <laughs> yes, and I had both hands full, and so when you're a kid, both hands full, you got to carry some other toys. What do you do? Carry them in your teeth. So I was carrying like a small army truck or whatever in my teeth, uh, and I'm, you know, so my hands are full of toys. I got another toy in my mouth. I'm carrying it into the room. And then at one point, like one of the little plastic wheels or something had slipped off. And in my rush to get it out of my mouth or whatever, I swallowed it. And so in my head, though, I just pictured this gigantic pile of food in my stomach with this little plastic wheel on top. And I was all concerned about it for the longest. time. like, I wonder if somebody's going to go in my stomach and get the wheel out. I had no idea how the food ever got out of my stomach. I guess I just figured that I would spend a lot of time walking around getting larger. I just don't know which I'm doing anyway. So here's (laughs) Tim Riley.
5: Well, let's uh, talk about uh, poor Ellen DeGeneres, shall we? Here on KCMD Portland. A CBS radio station. The uh, so-called comedian and talk show host has uh, shed some tears lately and shed some more yesterday on her uh, talk program over an adopted dog. She eventually uh, took the pooch in, but then gave it to her hairdresser's daughter when the dog didn't get along with her cats. She is torn up over the adoption agency's decision to take that dog away from the children. Today is a hard day for me. Today is bad. And I am not capable
20: of coming
4: out and pretending to be funny and on when things are going so terribly wrong right now.
1: Okay, look, we all love our dogs, but what? Well, she gave the dog to the hairdresser. Right. And now...
5: The, the the adoption company went and took the dog away from the kids. Why? Because she said she broke the contract by giving the dog to somebody else.
1: Oh, so I see. So she went to an adoption, an adoption agency. They screened her to be a fit parent for the dog. Yes. Uh, I hate to use the term parent, but I mean, whatever, custodian, owner. Yeah. They screened her to be an owner for the dog. They gave her the dog, but then she gave it to somebody else, which you're not sure. allowed to do because yeah. of the, and I understand that she's Ellen DeGeneres, but if they, if they screen you to take possession of a dog, you can't just go then giving it to somebody else. Correct. Somebody who was just they came and they took the dog away. Yeah. So, well, why didn't the woman just go and get the dog herself? That's a good question. I don't I, know. don't I don't really care. You know what? I don't care that much about Ellen DeGeneres' life in any way or whatever if canine malfunctions may be happening in her world. So, you know, try again next time.
5: Larry Craig is telling his side of the story in an interview with Matt Lauer Reports. Craig said his arrest in the Minneapolis airport bathroom and subsequent guilty plea on disorderly conduct charge were all the result of a misunderstanding. Really? Craig said when the prosecutor offered him a plea bargain, he only accepted it to make the whole thing go away. He
15: said, well, if you just plead to a misdemeanor and pay a fine, it's just a filing in the court. And it sounded like an easy way out of this.
1: Because he really didn't know. Out of what? Uh...
5: He said he's fighting the charges against him and has done the right thing for the people of Idaho.
15: I'm not running for re-election. That's already started the next political cycle in Idaho. So I'm no longer in the way. I'm no longer blocking the political process of Idaho, but I am pursuing my constitutional rights.
1: I don't know why it is, but everything he says sounds sexual to me somehow. I don't know. I, I, I think that's just maybe I'm projecting or something onto him. But every time he's, I'm no longer in the way. I'm no longer blocking anything. I'd like to make all of it go away. It all just sounds borderline perverse to me. So Why is that guy still sticking around? He's already not running for re-election. Yeah. Is he is he just sticking around for the for the dental benefits or something? Is it, is it, just just the franking privileges or something? All hey, uh, right. Problems with his ears. Hi, you're on the hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's, how's it going? going? What's up? Hey, Ellen's still got that hot girlfriend? I, I'm sorry. Have what? Does
18: Ellen still have that hot oh, girlfriend?
1: Oh, uh, Portia de Rossi. I believe so. I I don't think I've heard anything about them splitting Well,
18: then, effort. Anyway, um,
1: <laughs> you are unsympathetic because she's, she's banging or whatever you would say, a Porsche Garassi. Exactly. Yes.
18: I, yeah, anyway. <laughs> okay, um, I didn't get behind that. The air cleaning thing, in Japan right now, it's big business. They have little studios where you go in and they put a tiny video camera in your ear and they show you how nasty it looks. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like the Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman showing you all the dead skin they suck off your pillow. Oh, Totally. And so, you know, once you get in there and they show you that, they stick that camera in there, then you're like, oh, take care of it. And so they Get got- rid of it now! They got these girls that they have these little tiny cleaning instruments and they can actually clean it out while they're while they've got the camera in there. You know, I, and I've heard that's probably coming to America soon.
1: Well, I I don't know. It remains to be seen. Americans do. Americans are obsessed with the idea that some portion of their body uh, might be uh, might be dirty in some way and therefore right, and needs I think a good the scrubbing. the
4: Japanese are even more so.
1: Well, you know, there's that weird thing. I don't wish to get into any sort of graphic detail on the lunch hour, but you I mean many of us have heard that there's Never now got that. I've um, to you before, Rick. Well there's now that um there's now that thing in some salons where they will and I can't believe I'm saying this where they will bleach your um yeah
18: yeah
1: your 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 exit yep. you know and heard it, that. it just it just seems like really if that's the thing if, if if you if your life is so perfect that the only thing that remains to be cleaned cleaned you know and 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 remedied is the fact that your bottom needs to be bleached, really you've yeah, solved and, and, all the other problems and you should share the secret of your enlightenment with the rest of us. And who See that, and you can't even see that. Yeah, you know? I'm really, honestly. All right, there you go. Well, Larry Craig might be coming over. I'm sorry, it was cheap. Talking so about Larry Craig, I apologize. That was beneath <laughs> beneath me as a host. Um, You know, Portia Rossi, you know who she was with before, and the generous was Ringo Starr's daughter, uh, who was also hot, by mm-hmm. the way. So, all right. Uh, it's 503 733 2970 It's probably a good time, by the way, before we continue the news, to reveal that somebody dropped off some ear candles for Sarah. Are they real? Are they ear candles or are they, you know, regular?
3: They're non- natural beeswax ear candles. Okay. Thank you, Chad.
1: Thanks, Chad. Thanks so much.
3: Now, this doesn't look like anything I want to stick in my body.
1: <sighs> yes. Yes, I would agree with well, you.
3: Well, because the angle, like, look, it's tilted up a little bit. It looks like the wax could just drip down into your head.
1: It looks like maybe dozens of cases uh, a year of burning might be caused by those. Looks like ERs might get people reporting that their ears have been burned every month by those. I mean, you know, theoretically. Looks like they might be banned by governments all over the world, theoretically. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth.
5: Everybody, Everything
1: seems to mean something else today for some reason. It really, it really does. <laughs> I don't want these in my body at all.
5: Well, Oral Roberts, president, may take a leave of absence. Earl Roberts, uh, the university president, uh, has asked the school's Board of Regents for leave of absence amid accusations of lavish spending of donors' expenses and legal involvement in the political campaign. Uh, Mr. Roberts is 58. He will continue in his role as chairman and chief executive of Oral Roberts Ministry.
1: and seer of 900-foot Jesuses in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh,
5: he's also accused of illegal involvement in a local political campaign, which would violate the university's nonprofit. I'm stamps. stunned. I'm stunned. It's got to be stopped.
1: Uh, by the way, Rick, the, this uh, email says, "Has Sarah tried simply showering?" Turned oh, the- that's just mean. <laughs> Turn the water up as hot as she can stand it. Shut any doors and windows to trap the steam and enjoy a nice long shower. Maybe wash her ears a bit while she's in there. See, Sarah, this is what happens when you don't wash anything above your neck regularly because you don't want to mess with your hair. Just oh, an observation. anything above
3: my neck?
1: I'm just... just Somebody
3: pa- thinks they know me and they do not. Passing
1: along the email. I'm not even going to say who it's from now. Who's it from? Seamus. Okay. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well,
5: it looks like uh, Dick Cheney and Obama Osama are eight cousins. Even though they spa on the political aisle, Vice President Cheney is close enough to Democratic presidential hopeful Barack Obama to call him cousin. That, according to Lynn Cheney, the vice president's wife, revealing this tantalizing bit of political trivia during a television interview. She says she uncovered a long-ago tie between the two while researching her ancestry for her latest book, Blue Skies, No Faces, or Blue Skies, No Fences, a memoir about growing up in Wyoming. This is an amazing American story. What that... kind of
1: memoir could there possibly be about growing up in Wyoming? There's nothing but January first, nothing happened. January second, nothing happened. January third, bought sh- a bottle of pop. We- we- <laughs> I was just gonna say, bought myself a gherkin at the general store. Excellent.
3: did you wish that was your mom? Uh,
1: what is? What photo are you showing me that right there? What
3: we were talking about earlier. That's one of
1: them. Oh, okay. All right. So are show me a MySpace photograph. No. Oh, <laughs> not my
3: mom. Are you?
1: <laughs> no That's one can see what we're talking about. Uh, Rick, about that ballerina illusion. This is the
3: uh But kind of feels like a pop. The no.
1: optical illusion where you look at the ballerina and the way she's spinning depends on what whether your left brain Which or way did yours go? Um, counterclockwise. So left brain cuz we're left brain cuz you're But I, if you can focus. Are we left
3: brain cuz I'm reading the right
1: brain. Yeah, yeah cuz you're very logical, you're linear. Uh, you're not cuz you're not, I'm you know. Be...
3: Meaning, uh... Here, Tim, do you see this going clockwise or counterclockwise?
1: Look at look at this image of the ballerina. Is it going clockwise or counterclockwise? Clockwise, really? Yes. Like this? Yes. Okay, then you are more right brained than you are artistic, Tim Riley. I know that you and such luminaries as you, he is and, an actor, Lacey Turner. Yes, yes, yes. You and the, that works so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, if I focus really hard, I can make it stop and turn back the other way. But it takes it takes some concerted effort. Um, the
3: mind flips back and forth pretty easily.
1: Yeah, well, because you are artistic. I mean, you have, I don't know, whatever about it, but you, you have an artistic side to you. Um, and so you do have that, and you are very visual. Uh, so I can, you know, I was able to very do it, but only by focusing was I able to make. Now we're going to have to post it because everybody's bombarding it, demanding it, what the website is. But um, I, only through really great focus was I able to make the direction of the animation turn. Rick, making the ballerina spin the opposite direction isn't too hard once you figure out the illusion. Um, there's the absence of detail, but if you imagine features, you can easily switch directions. Try mentally shifting the leg she's spinning on. Then mentally make her smell the glove. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. That's great. Hi, ah, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I didn't pre-read that email. That's wonderful. Oh,
10: man, that smell of the glove thing threw me. The
2: best oh, audience the, uh, ever.
10: uh. uh... A friend of mine, um, the, the, along the lines of the bleaching thing, he just simply oh. refers to it
21: as hoop bleaching.
2: Uh, what? Hoop bleaching.
1: What's
21: okay. hoop bleaching? Like hoop? Hoop. Hoop? Is as it in, as in like a hula hoop, only
17: you're getting your hoop bleached?
1: What What the hoop? Is, that, is, that, is hoop slang for maybe a section of his body? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, he doesn't do it. It's oh, no, of course, uh, a friend of his, someone he knows. <laughs> anyway. I used to, yeah, I don't understand. I mean, look, uh, maybe there's some sort of specialized, you know, maybe there are hand models and there are models for other sections of your body. I do oh, think there's even in internet. the. Mo- it does seem like, even in the most intimate of activities. The lights are maybe necessarily dim at that point anyway, so I can't really imagine that there's a lot of time spent staring at that section of one's anatomy. So the bleaching just sort of mystifies me. Uh, I do like the example, though, the analogy of the Kirby vacuum man dumping a bunch of crap out on your floor and then vacuuming it, only because my brother... My brother James was a Kirby vacuum salesman, and the old thing that you see in every sitcom actually happened to him. Thank you for the call, sir, uh, that you see in every sitcom happened to my brother. He was out pitching Kirby vacuums when he was in high school. And by the way, per- Kirby vacuums are great, but they're not cheap. You know a Kirby well, vacuum is like three grand? Well, they're the like a vacuums. Well, like a most, of the, most of the time, except this one didn't work for some reason. Oh. So, like, Would you like to see all the things that the Kirby vacuum, and he like dumped a bunch of crap on the woman's floor, and he hit the switch and nothing <laughs> happened. He goes and he hits the on switch of the vacuum and it just doesn't turn on. And he's just dumped a bunch of charcoal or whatever on the woman's carpet. That I think they had to have, like, you know, Mr. Kirby or whoever come out and to clean her rug for free with something else. Uh, I'm sorry, I am just got the creepiest MySpace request. Really?
3: His quote is, like a tumor, rage grows inside of me.
1: Hmm. Please have me as a friend. Uh, no.
3: And there are a lot of, like, ponytail mountain climbing pictures.
1: Yeah, you should hit, no, decline.
3: Yeah, that face? No, That's don't... the guy who wakes up and he's licking your
5: feet in the middle of the night. Uh,
1: if you gave him a pointy ears, he'd be on the wing of the plane and William <laughs> Shatner would be screaming about him.
5: He's got a big gap between his uh, two top teeth like a James Bond villain. Yes. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, this comes to us from Luke in Australia. It's an Australian story. New South Wales Premier Morris Iama says he is disturbed by reports three five-year students took what are believed to have been ecstasy tablets at a school in the state's South Coast. An 11-year-old girl gave the tablets to two 10-year-old boys at a public school at lunchtime. The state education department said the girl brought them to school thinking they were lollies. Whatever that might be in Australia. The teacher called 000, which is, I guess, their 911, after the student complained that they were feeling lightheaded and had tingling sensations. Uh,
1: okay, we're done. Okay, let's do one more and then I'll talk about this Ozzy Osbourne uh, item of interest that I have here.
5: Baby Jessica is nobody's baby anymore. Uh, she's an adult. This was the 18-month-old girl who was pulled from a well 2 decades ago and is now a young wife and a wife and mother.
1: Now somebody told me that her head is all denty from leaning up against the uh, the well for I haven't seen her close four up 4 days or whatever that is.
5: Uh, and donations given to her during her ordeal were expected to total 1 million dollars or more. The anniversary of her uh, rescue passed Tuesday, like almost every other day in the 21-year-old's life with no public comment from her. Of course, she she doesn't remember any of it. I don't even think they I don't think they've said what her real name is. She is a happy and active woman, doing all the normal stuff with her year-old son Simon. Uh, let's see here. So uh, apparently, she wants his money. She has no memory of the ordeal, and lost part of one foot. And there were 15 operations that followed. Two and a half days she spent. Wedged up alone against the wall, singing about Winnie the Pooh.
1: Now, I mean, if you were now, I was about uh, twelve, maybe thirteen, something like this had happened. But this was, I mean, that really, and it was uh, later adapted, I think, for uh, by Woody Allen in radio days. Um, there's that whole sequence in oh, radio yeah. Days yeah. where they're doing the broadcast from the kid who's fallen into a well It was clearly modeled on the Baby Jessica thing. And it was maybe one of the I last...
5: I think it could have been modeled after the Campy Fiscus story, because that happened in L.A. I don't even know what that is. Uh, right when KTLA went on the air after World War II, that was the first televised news event with Stan, Stan Chambers, who was still at the station. He's been at uh, KTLA for like 60 years, and he covered that. So that was another one that happened in L.A.
1: But was she, what, what What was the deal? What What, would, what Campy happened Kathy Fiscus.
5: Well, the, the station stayed on the air 24 hours, right. doing this live, and uh, they finally pulled the baby out of the well, but it was dead.
1: Oh, oh, okay. So, so it was another girl in a well. It, it could have been her. Listen, with children in wells. So how do you fall into a well? I don't understand. Aren't wells always uh, raised up off the ground? And there's a little like air, 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 like thing you turn to pull up a bucket or something. Uh-huh. I mean, really, honestly, I'm not trying to be crass about this, but don't they have? I mean, every well I've ever seen. Uh, granted, apparently I'm thinking now in my head, and they've all been in like they've all been in hour-gang uh, short and Wile Coyote cartoons. But I'm pretty sure that wells always have like a little raised thing. It makes it very difficult to fall into one. Well, she told the Ladies' Home Journal that the incident
5: bored her. Uh, there are times when she would sit down to talk about it, and uh, and then somebody will say, "Watch out! There's a well."
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm sure that never gets old. Especially because it's got to be weird if you're baby Jessica because that's one of those things that every single one of us who is over the age of 25 probably mm-hmm. uh do you remember baby Jessica caught in the well? Oh yes. So everybody remembers that. Except for her. So that's a weird irony, actually, is that she's the one who gets asked about it all the time, which is probably why they don't give out her name, because everybody's going tell me about being in the well, and she doesn't remember anything about it. No. Uh, I, I just remember falling into a well, if you're I, well. I just remember in constant news coverage of that story. Uh, and, and we had
5: city water, so there's no chance of us falling
1: into a well. And there's no. And, I mean, that's one of the last stories that has really captured everybody like that. I mean, I can't think of another story since then. Well, I don't think there've been too many well falls. No, but I mean can you think of a story since then Well, there's been Janine Ramsey, I guess? There's been Janine. It's blonde so, girl in Utah. Sort of different. Yeah, I guess there was that. I guess there was that. It's always a little blonde girl. Yeah. Uh, we don't have like a Madeline or anything or whatever that girl is in Britain. I, I think that's another thing about the dilution of the media because Man, you so can't be a we have so many brunette. No. Of oh, really few. And if your child is lost, just lie and say that they're blonde. Because nobody's going to care otherwise. Then look, they'll come look for her if you see the, she's blonde. Absolutely. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. So here's what's coming up later on. We have a uh, CNN radio correspondent, James Rupel, will be joining us. Uh, we have um, Mr. Skin. We have more from Tim Riley. Top five goodbye songs. More from Scotty J., um, should I talk about the Ozzy thing here, or should I do this pile of random stuff, Sarah? What say uh, you?
3: What do you think, Tim? I think the Ozzy thing. Yes, yes. We've All been right. long
1: enough. Okay. We've been so, teased beyond belief. No, no. <laughs> so, as you may or may not know, no, yesterday, Ozzy Osborne was here. And I, cannot, I was trying to describe it to my wife last night, and I was trying to explain to her how bizarre it was. And even as I described yesterday's Aussie encounter, I realized you can't really convey how weird it was that, again, let me just... Clarify this. So, Ozzy Osbourne came by the station yesterday. Now, we do work right next to a rock station. But that notwithstanding, there was no reason for him to be here. Like, he's not. The, 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 the show he's doing with Rob Zombie isn't until mid November. He's not playing here for five weeks. Um, he was just dr- literally just driving past Portland in his bus and decided to stop in. So, he just like came to the front desk, and Dave's in, had to, you know. Um, Ozzy Osborne is at the front desk. if Somebody would like to come up and and so Ozzy showed up, came downstairs, hung out, talked to Marconi for a while, voiced a thing for the show.
4: Hi, this is Ozzy Osborne, and you're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson. Hey, yeah,
1: Ozzy stayed. And then Ozzy got on the bus and drove away. Where would he go? I, I I think he was going to Los Angeles or something. It what really was very almost famous, you know, where Russell Hammond just shows up at that party at that guy's house. Mm-hmm. I just want to spend some time with some real Topeka people. Uh, and then the, and then the next day Stillwater comes and they just pick him up and then he drives away and then they all sing Tiny Dancer. So it, it it's just really odd, you know. And well, Ozzy's here. Why? I don't know. He's just stopping by. Well, okay. And then Ozzy stayed for about an hour and had some lunch, and then he left. Um, but Ozzy did leave behind an artifact, which I now have in my possession, and which I will now be taking home and setting with my other rock and roll artifacts. And so now we will see if anybody from the audience... Now, you all know what it is, right? No. I do. Tim, you don't? I do not. No. Okay. Um, so I'm going to set it down here so you can't see it. So we will now take guesses from the audience, and we'll see if anybody can guess what artifact I have from Ozzy Osbourne that I will be saving now forevermore in my rock and roll artifact collection. Uh, Scotty, I do think we have an onion book, right, for the correct winner. Do we have that? Yes. So, uh, so the, if you can guess this, uh, we'll do this segment on it here. Uh, we will give you a copy of uh, an onion book from the Rick Emerson the AM 970 stack of crap. It's 503 733 Is that a book of onion recipes? 2970, yes. 503, uh, things you can make out of the body of Doyle Redland. 503-733-2970. We'll go ahead and do that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
12: Hey, Rick, I think I I know what it is, man. Yes. Is it a ball of earwax?
1: No, it is not a ball of earwax. No. (laughs) No, thank you, sir. All right, there you go. Now, uh, by the way, if you do want to see a photograph of this, uh, you can, uh, not of this, but of Ozzy, you can go to Sarah's uh, web blog. You can go to uh, com, and you can check out this great slash sort of blurry, but the blurriness <laughs> oh, makes it great because it looks really real. You can tell that it is the real thing because it's taken through the window on your cell phone. So, all right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Do you have a guess as to what the artifact from Ozzy Osbourne is?
10: Uh, his gold cross.
1: No, no, so I didn't mug him, sir. It's not a thing that I... I didn't steal something from Ozzy Osbourne.
17: (laughs) I was just going to say, he's going to be in uh, Seattle tomorrow with... uh... Zombie. That's when they were starting their
1: tour. So it's like a well, yeah. So I guess he was on his way. He was in L. A. doing a warm up gig, and so he was driving. I knew it was either Seattle to L. A. or L. A. to Seattle, but he was just passing through Portland. And just
2: yeah, he just he
1: heard to, about the best show ever. Just, just decided to stop in. He knew that Scotty J was here. He wanted to catch him <laughs> before he left. See, Scotty, uh, thank you, sir. See, Scotty, just not to not to not to drive home the sad point about you leaving the show, but what Roop said yesterday really is true. That you know, radio pays badly, but really, what other job? Could there be? And I'm not trying to make you feel bad about it, Scotty. But what other job could there be where you wake up, you come to work, and then Ozzy Osbourne, who was in the room right across from where Scotty works, it was like five feet away. I mean, when is the last time you went to? I'm not trying to brag here. I really am not. I'm not trying to make fe- anybody feel bad. But we all know that we've got great jobs. We're very lucky. We mm-hmm. have a great job. Yeah. Now, however, however. You know, whatever else we complain about radio, there are great things in radio. No one else goes to their job, and at the cubicle across the hall from you, Ozzy Osbourne is just hanging out. I mean, that that sort of thing does happen every now and again in radio, which is, you know. Yes, you've made a fame and no fortune. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Do you have a guess as to what I have of Ozzy Osbourne's visit? I have one serious guess and one
17: comical guess.
1: What is the comical guess?
17: Uh, He brought you a dead cat.
1: No, I wasn't spending time with Tom Sawyer.
17: Um, maybe he, uh, gave you one of those, uh, those crazy, uh, like, rings that he likes
2: to
1: wear. Are, I think you're shooting for the stars. People are aiming way too high. We didn't, he, we, it, he's not taking me to the prom. Yes, I'm wearing <laughs> no, his, he pinned me. No, no, he did not give me a ring, sir. That would be right. very cool. All right, thank you, though. No, I appreciate that. No, people, people are really are overstating the closeness of the relationship between Mr. Osborne and myself. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. What is the Ozzy Osborne artifact that I have now in my possession?
17: Uh,
18: probably used drug paraphernalia.
1: No, Ozzy is clean and sober now. So we don't love that at How CBS. Could CBS he he like How could
4: you tell? <laughs> CBS. He's around like a daughter and old man. How could you tell?
1: CBS, because he said he was sober. Would Ozzy <laughs> lie about being sober?
4: All right, thank you.
1: Uh, I'm waiting for someone to say, is it the spinner from the Game of Life? Hi, uh, uh, do you know what the artifact is that Ozzy Osbourne left behind?
6: Hey, Rick. Uh, first, I just want to say that uh, I'll miss uh, Scotty J. I mean, how else are my calls supposed to come through completely unscreened, and I can just babble on uselessly about nothing and, and just get passed through like uh, like I have been? I appreciate but,
1: you but, making a have out of a have-not, sir.
6: Yes, of course. Uh, perhaps Ozzy left sunglasses.
1: No, that's a good guess, though. That's a good guess. All right, thank you. I suspect, do you think this, do you think that his handler has 15 pairs of those sunglasses all the time in oh, case he leaves like, them behind? Yes. Because those are, I think we've all agreed those are a crucial part of his look. I don't care who you are, what age you are, what your demographic is. You conjure up a mental image of Ozzy, you picture a couple things. Black shirt, straight hair, the big cross he wears, uh, and then the little sunglasses. I mean, that's a, that's a crucial part of it. He, he is sort of a metal Howard Stern in that way. Uh, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, how you doing? What's up?
15: Uh, it is a uh, Starbucks cup.
1: No, 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 no. But that's a good guess. That'd be Ooh, like those guys in uh, those guys in Texas that one time that auctioned off a piece of Britney Spears' toast. Uh, no, not a Starbucks cup. But that's a good guess. That is a, see, that's a viable guess. Is what that is. If that's I what he was drinking. Now was that true? Yeah, he
15: had a cup of Starbucks with him.
1: How do you know that? Uh, did you watch it, What did you watch it on? KGW or on the Marconi thing?
15: No, I was in the room.
1: But who is this?
15: This is uh Russ. Russ? Mm-hmm.
1: Do we know each other, Russ?
15: No, never met you.
1: So now how is it that you were in the room?
15: Uh, I was there, I, you know, I was there watching him uh, do yes, the interview with Marconi.
1: Yes, we've, we've, very, we've ascertained that you were there by didn't, you say uh, yeah, you were I've, in I've, the I've, room.
15: I, I work at Channel 8. I was in there with, uh, with the TV camera. All right, I'm not
1: trying to out you or anything, sir. I was just curious no, about no, this. No, I didn't no, know no, if you
15: were. I, I was in there, yeah, I watched the interview and he was drinking a cup of Starbucks and I, I thought maybe he left that behind for I didn't
1: me, know if you know? were one of our many stalkers.
15: Uh, well, that too. But oh, yeah. We don't no, have,
1: I have any stalkers. Oh, no. well, we, was, it was,
15: it was I don't. It was cool, though. It was uh, cool. He's, he's a, he was uh, incredibly lucid, which surprised
1: me, and, and a nice guy. Well, and you know, I, and I, we, we joke about Ozzy's sobriety because he is, like Keith Richards, a famous substance abuser, many, many times tried to get on the wagon. He has said, now, to be fair, he said this in the past about other albums, but he has said that his new one, Black Rain, which is exceptional, by the way, he said that it's the first record he ever did totally straight. And he, he claimed that about some things in the past, but I do think it might be true this time. He did seem a little more lucid uh than certainly interviews i've seen with him in the past and and the one time i was lucky enough to meet him years ago he was clearly out of it so you know he was very he
15: was very funny and and i don't you could just tell that he wasn't on anything i mean he was he was he was way too with
1: it no he's um, and he's a great he's a really down-to-earth guy from everything i've ever seen
15: he'll say anything i don't know if marconi had to how much he had to edit that interview but I was cringing uh, multiple times.
1: No, I, there's, there was a lot of, there's a reason you don't do those interviews live. So, all right, Russ, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for listening. Spread all the right. word. All, all right, right, there you go. Thank you. I felt like I was trying to get him in trouble or something. I know. Well, I thought he was maybe like working on, I thought maybe he worked on the Marconi show. Or didn't, and, yeah, but Yeah,
3: he was like maybe a sales guy that we hadn't Yeah, heard,
1: so. I thought he might have been a KUFO guy and didn't want to seem like he was pimping some other station here. Uh, we'll do a few more of these, and then we'll break. We'll come back with more from Tim, and uh, we'll talk to Mr. Skin here in just a few. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, what is the artifact that I have from Ozzy Osbourne's in-studio visit yesterday?
15: Hey, is it a cable selector box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. no, seriously, yeah. though, is it one of his mini rings?
1: And welcome to five minutes ago. No, the ring is the new cable box. Apparently, no, it is not one of his many rings. What leads people to believe that Ozzy would give me jewelry? Well, do I
2: have a
1: Do I have a slim, girlish figure in some way?
10: Yes, you look lovely. All
1: right,
4: thank you. Yeah, thank. All right.
1: All right. I think he was being facetious. I, I I don't think he was being facetious about the ring thing. I mean. Okay. Well, now
3: you guys need to kind of downgrade it. A little really, right?
1: lower your standards. Like Rick
3: didn't even talk to Ozzy Osbourne. Said, so figure what he would get.
1: Really, he talked to Scotty, not me. Really, that's how low the bar has to be. He said, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. What's up?
16: Hi, Sarah. I mean, hi, Sarah.
1: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> she heard half of that.
17: Yeah, uh, I'm guessing it's a beverage container.
1: No, so, well, the guy was close when he said Starbucks cup. That's a good guess, uh, but it is not a beverage container. Ah. No. It? All right. Thank you, my friend. Yep. All right. We'll do two more. And then uh, Scotty, if we don't get it in these next two, uh, we'll uh, sort give of give up. Yeah, well, we'll give up for now. We'll turn away the callers for a while, and we'll uh, we'll take them. We'll take more later on. So we're going to do two more here. Uh, here's the first one. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What artifact do I have from yesterday's Ozzy Osbourne visit to the studio?
12: It was the pen he used.
1: No, 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 no. Again, good. See that this is all stuff that's plausible at least. Okay, can yeah. I have a second guess? No, you no. may not. Ah, come on.
2: <laughs>
1: that's wonderful. Ah. Uh, that was a great noise he made there at the end. We should isolate that, Scotty. Scotty, can you isolate in your last remaining days here? Can you isolate that guy just going, ah, gah, just now? That's wonderful. I love just sort of weird, extraneous sounds for no reason. You know, like the. Uh...
4: Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. Emerson!
1: <laughs> Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson. You're going to jail. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show.
0: Hey, guitar pick?
1: No, no, again very, you know, that would have been great because I will tell you this, the item I have from yesterday's Ozzy Osbourne visit. Uh, this really just is the lowest form of radio. The the item I have, though, is going to go next to my collection of guitar picks. I have um, you know some local guys of like the 800 octanes of the world, but I also have one from Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick. I have one from Al Petrelli when he played with Alice Cooper. I have uh, an AC/DC guitar pick, and then I have, this is the pride of my guitar pick collection, I have a Gene Simmons bass guitar pick that actually has his bloody fingerprint right on it because it was right as he was playing God of Thunder. And a friend of mine who was with the crew snagged it and gave it to me. So this is going with that. So that is a good guess, but incorrect, my friend. Thank you, thank you. All right, Scotty, we we'll take a break now. We'll uh, have to. Uh, we'll have to dig more of these later. You'll have to, sadly, have to turn these people away. These barbarians at the gates. You'll have to uh, send them packing. We'll try this later on. Uh, coming up around the corner, more from Tim Riley. We'll talk to Scotty J about his upcoming departure from the program. Top five goodbye songs and Mr. Skins. Stay there. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Ah, Excellent, thank you. Let me play that one more time. Let me get my uh, computer is up. Here. Thank you, Scotty. This is that guy, the... Uh... Ah, God! <laughs> That's wonderful. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Coming up later on, we'll talk to uh, James Roop from Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent of the Stars. Uh, also, uh, Mr. Skimble to the day's uh, top five as well. This, however, is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth.
6: And now from the Ministry of Truth, ah, this on. is Tim Riley.
5: The killer fungus has moved into Washington. Yes, it's true. It's crossed into Washington state. Just six weeks ago, a 16 year old Whatcom County girl suffered from shoulder pain. She was suffering from exposure to the fungus. This is known as the Cryptococcus Gatty, usually found in tropical forests. It has affected 100 people in British Columbia since it was found there six years ago. Yes, the girl will live, but recovery may take years.
1: Okay. Hold on, you can't just say. Where did she get the fungus? And what is the so, fungus? But what is it? And how do you
5: avoid the fungus? Uh, let's see. She is suffering from exposure to the fungus, and apparently it comes from British Columbia.
1: That's all I know. <laughs> okay, great. That's wonderful. As long as I just uh, don't ever leave the house, then. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that it's just called the fungus.
5: It's called uh, its technical name is the Cryptococcus gatti,
1: and it does what to you? Uh,
5: apparently, it uh, it can kill you. Okay,
1: so uh, it's... Bro-
5: if you have shoulder pain, it could be that you have the fatal fungus. All right, try to avoid that. And that's all we know. Okay. Don't ask for any more information. Maybe I don't have it.
1: Maybe you've got a sinus infection, Sarah. Then the sinus infection isn't your your nose and your ears are sort of linked, aren't they? Fungus. Uh, you're <laughs> it's not a fungus. Um, maybe you have a I sinus infection. I have been a infection. little cheesy. It, because I do believe I'm, I might be wrong about this, but I do believe that there is a connection. I think your eyes, your nose, and your ears, because they have ear, eye, nose, and throat doctors. I think there is a connection of a series of tubes inside your head that sort of connects everything there. So maybe you have like a head cold. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. This is
3: pretty bad, though. I mean, I, it's it's not kind of like oh ha ha. My hearing's a little muffled. It's like I really can't hear
5: anything.
1: Is when you tilt, does your head feel heavy? No. And there's no sloshing when you tilt your uh-huh. head. Eh, probably not that then. Okay.
5: Here's Tim Riley. I'm looking up this uh, this fungus. Please bear with me. Gatti. <clears> Hi. <throat> oh, here we go. uh uh-huh, it comes from British Columbia. We'll find out more in just a moment. Uh, this comes from southern Vancouver Island in British Columbia. It causes localized... Mycoses in humans and animals. The disease is associated with this organism that is typically rare and sporadic. A usual cluster of human and animal things identified in British Columbia. Human and animal things. (laughs) They diagnosed, uh, diagnosed four to six animal cases of this. Twelve cases on Vancouver Island alone. Oh. Uh-huh, this must have escaped from a laboratory. A total of 45 Excellent. laboratory-confirmed animal cases and 50 human cases have it identified. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, the first was diagnosed February 2000.
1: So if you see a monkey running around and bleeding from the eyes, try not to let it bite you.
5: So this began in uh, British Columbia.
1: It began in British Columbia.
5: And it escaped probably from some laboratory. Okay. And that's all we know, really.
1: Let's never talk about it again. Right. I can't do anything about it. It's just going to kill us all. We'll just yeah. move on from that. All right.
2: Page
5: three. Oh, a nasty storm is coming. It's expected to bring snow to the Oregon Cascades, dump lots of rain to the valleys, and bash the coast with 75 mile an hour wind gusts. A uh, uh, snow advisory is in effect through 5 o'clock today for the southern Washington and northern and central Oregon Cascades. As much as six new inches of snow is expected to fall. Uh, Then Thursday, there will be morning snow, but the snow level will rise to 8,000 feet in the afternoon. The showers will turn to snow above 3,500 feet. A car that crashed into a, a train is blamed for the person in the car texting a message. Apparently, he wanted to finish the message, but did not have enough time before the train hit him.
1: Message. Something loud coming. Train seems to be down the track. What should I do? Robert
5: Gillespie is also charged with drunk driving and careless driving. His injuries are described as
1: non-life-threatening, and no members of the train crew were hurt. Well, of course. No, nobody on the train is ever hurt. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about being hit by a train, is nothing's going to happen. They're, they're going to go on with their lives as though nothing had ever transpired.
5: Well, you don't recommend getting distracted these no. days. There are a number of things that can distract you, like text messaging.
1: Like technology and science. People spent money for this.
5: A new report shows California families must earn far more than the minimum wage to make ends meet. Really? This report by the nonprofit California Budget Project says a family of four with two working parents must make slightly more than $70,000 a year. To reach that, each parent must earn $17 an hour. The minimum wage in California is $7.50 an hour. Uh, the state's rising housing this and is a really gripping story. story.
1: Let me find a stool. Hold this on. is a
5: Ugh. This is for Jim Roop when you talk. Maybe oh, you can man. shed some light on well,
1: it. Well, I mean, where is it? San Francisco? Or is this all of California? California. All of California. It was $70,000. Well, you know, if they... I mean, not to get off and do a thing about the economy, but you know, if they... You know, the minimum wage. If you work full-time at the minimum wage, it doesn't even reach the poverty level. If you work full-time at the federal minimum wage, you're still like $2,000 underneath the cutoff level for for poverty in this country. So, Mm. you know, what are you going to do? Rick, I'm not sure, but Sarah could have the fungus growing in her ears. Keep an eye out for mushrooms coming out of any of her orifices. Also... Tim needs to announce stories like The Fungus as news you can't use, and he won't elaborate on how it will affect us or how to avoid it. We can then just listen and go home and quake in fear. Well, that's kind of what we do now. Well, I'm not here to tell people how to live their lives. No, of course not. Or how to survive something that may or may not be bearing down in your genetic infrastructure like some kind of... The cryptosporidium-based freight train. That's not our function here. No, we're not here to help or make things better in any way. No, and we can't. No, <laughs> even if we want, even if we wanted to help you, we can't. Really, what are we? What are... We're here to make your life just a little bit worse. That's, you know, we are. We're, we're just here. We're just sort of tap dancing before the apocalypse. That's all we're here to do.
5: Well, Best Buy has stopped selling analog televisions and pulled all remaining stock from its shelves, signaling the era when consumers are moving toward digital projects. With a flat panel
1: and high-definition screen. Now, let's talk about this right now, because here's some things I don't understand, Tim Riley. I say, opening my mouth to ask you questions you can most assuredly not answer. So, okay, first of all, HD, DVD, and Blu-ray. WTF? Yes, World Trade Center. But I don't... No, <laughs> no. Um, the... Uh, I. Uh, uh, i had so many questions my mouth stopped working that was like a wheel that's going so fast it looks like it's standing still that wheel needs some
2: that's a squeaky wheel that needs a little grease
1: my mouth needs to be lubed so i don't understand the thing about hd dvds and blu-ray dvds is my dvd player about to be useless does anybody know no are you do you know the answer i don't know do you have a regular dvd player I have a DVD player inside my Mac that I, I watch. Okay. But, I mean, now, is that where you watch DVDs? You don't yeah. have one? So you don't watch one in your regular living room television?
5: No, because uh, the Mac screen is bigger, and it has uh, be- better pixels in it.
1: Really? Than an old TV. Okay. Thanks. I should have known that this would all roads lead to the glorification of Steve Jobs. Um, it has a better picture than TV. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, so, uh, okay. So I, don't under- I have all of these DVDs at home, but I'm kind of afraid to buy more. Throw them away. <laughs> Just burn them in a large pile, James Dobson style up front. I mean, I, I am afraid in some way to buy DVDs because I just know that I'm going to do that and then they're just going to announce that it doesn't work anymore. And then my DVD player is going to be pointless. It's going to be like, you know, my neighbor across the street growing up on all these Betamax cassettes that one day weren't worth anything. Okay, well, let's move on from that. I know that I should know these things. As, now, a, as beginning
5: February 18, 2009, broadcasters will stop transmitting analog signals. Okay, but but is that but nobody watches TV that
1: way anyway? That's my question. Unless okay, we don't have cable. When you, yes. when you say that they are getting rid of analog television, yes, on analog television is just one between the channels that gets the over-the-air signal. Yes, but they're going to get rid of those because who uses that anyway? Yeah, exactly. right. So no one. So this doesn't affect me at all.
5: No. It's all
1: I, all I care about is whether this affects me. No.
5: Okay. It doesn't affect
1: you. Okay. Well then fantastic. I don't care about it. One less thing to worry about. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, what's up?
2: Hey, Hey, what's uh,
9: up? clarification on the DVD, HD and yes, Blu-ray sir. thing. Uh they're just two competing uh high definition DVD formats. Uh one will win out over the one. Uh, one will win out over the other eventually.
1: Yeah, but what's going to happen to my DVD collection?
9: Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, either an HD DVD player or a Blu-ray player will play an old DVD anyway.
1: Okay. So what, and, you, what is your timeline for when I'm going to have to buy a new DVD player?
9: I don't know. My my father just bought a, a new home theater set up and a new television, but he's, he even, he just bought a really nice DVD player. He's waiting to find out which one's going to come out on top before he actually buys one of the new players.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am but an early adopter in some sense, but I don't want pers- to get too screwed on this.
9: Personally, I hope Blu-ray wins just because of the, Blu- the Blu-ray disc, uh, the disc itself can hold, like, gigabytes more information than the HD-DVD. The HD-DVD Did- has the advantage of having the notoriety of having the name DVD on it, so they're kind of making on the, you know, the
0: historical, whatever,
9: popular, you know, the DVD moniker, as opposed to Blu-ray, which is another one of Sony's creations that may or
1: may not win, kind of like beta. Did I, can I just say that? Did you just use the phrase gigabytes? Gigabyte. Okay. Don't tell anybody that. You should start using gigabytes, and you should trademark no, no, that don't.
9: now. No, I said gigabyte.
1: Okay. I, okay. You're not hearing me. You what? ought to start using the phrase gigabytes.
9: Oh, like a gigawatt?
1: That's that's what I'm talking about, Christopher Lloyd style, and start yeah. using that as the new well, sort I'm of I'm Marty? Um start using that as the new comedic exaggeration for computer file size. Because I don't yeah. think there, I don't think there is one of those. It's like when, um, you know, it's like when Jason Newsted from Metallica talked about how they sold squillions of records over the years. You yeah. know, and it's sort of funny because squillions is a made-up word. So instead of yeah. zillions, sir, you ought to make uh, gigabytes the squ- zillions of the computer storage space world. <laughs> Okay. I don't think he appreciate it. All right, thank you. No. I don't think he appreciates he how funny polite. that is. He was I, being polite. You know, that's fine. I can tell a courtesy affirmation when I hear one. That's fine, sir. I'm just going to use it. I'm not even going to give you credit. In your face. Here's Tim Riley. A local pastor is facing rape and sex abuse charges. Wait, is this a clergy watch? It is, yes. Yeah.
4: Fantastic.
1: Here's your clergy watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio program. <laughs>
5: been arrested, accused of sexually abusing eight women and associates for the church known as Father's House.
1: Pastor, I barely knew her.
5: Sergio Alvarez is charged with one count of rape, two counts of attempted rape, ten counts of sex abuse. The investigation began last uh, last uh, let's see September when officers were called to the northeast Point He really North doesn't church waste any time. He a disturbance call. He gets right to work. Uh, members of the church are arguing with a 38 year old suspect about alleged sexual misconduct. Six women later called the authorities to report a sexual assault. Detectives identified two or more alleged victims. And uh, let's see, this church is known as Father's House. So of course. Father's figure. Staff of God. Part two. A Vatican official suspended after being caught on a hidden camera making advances to a young man, says he is not gay and was only pretending to be gay as part of his work.
1: It's a sting operation.
5: <laughs> Uh, Monsignor Tomasco Stanaco told the Republican Daily he frequented online gay chat rooms and met with gay men as part of his work as a psychoanalyst. Uh-huh. He said he pretended to be gay in order to gather information to those who damaged the image of the church with homosexual activity. What sort of information?
1: I mean, look, at it, whether one is gay or not, I really don't understand what you need to discern. It, I don't know where the X factor there is. So,
5: uh, Stanico says he has never been gay. <laughs> <laughs> he's never been gay no. just the sort of the sort of tiredness. why is that the
3: default everyone always says i've never I've been gay I' never <laughs>
1: been gay and I just the great thing about it is Tim's just sort of tired tone of voice as we get variations on this same story about over every over, about yeah. every four weeks from some self-loathing public figure
5: he claims to be a heterosexual uh-huh and he remains faithful to his vow of
1: celibacy what is it is celebacy that's uh <laughs> celebacy is when you're uh, really famous but don't get laid. The
5: why? It's all false. It was a trap. I was a victim of my own attempts to contribute to cleaning up the church.
1: Why does it matter if he's if he's claiming he is celibate? Why does it matter? Why does he need to point out whether he's gay or not? If he's celibate, regardless, I think that's an inadvertent. That's a tell, as they say in the poker world, uh, poker. Because the the thing with the Catholic Church is. The Catholic Church is. This is this is what counts as forward-thinking Catholicism. This is what passes for tolerance in the Catholic world. Um, in the Catholic world, their whole thing is well. I guess you can have those thoughts, just don't do anything about it ever with anybody. That's their whole. That's their whole deal. And so, presumably, if he is presumably, presumably, if he is celibate, it doesn't really matter. So the fact that he has to go out of the way to not only clarify his celibacy, but also the fact that he is. Say it with me now. Not gay and has never been gay, indicates that perhaps he was. Uh, I don't know. Do, doing more than doing more than hunting and pecking. He said
5: he met with a young man and pretended to talk about homosexuality to better understand this mysterious and faraway
1: world. Pretended to talk about homosexuality. Let's pretend we were nude and engaging in sex on a bearskin rug.
5: Is doing so much to harm the church. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> Tim just sort of got this stupefied look on his face, and then just wadded the paper up and threw it away. It uh, seems to
5: be one every day.
1: It really, it really does. In all walks of life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's your clergy watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
2: I gotta have
1: Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley.
5: Want to be the first <laughs> to score a copy of the Spice Girls Greatest Hits album? Sure. You'll have to go to Victoria's Secret to get it. Don't rush. The newly reunited British Girls Group CD will be available starting November 13th at Victoria's Secret Store and on the company's website in the U.S. It's called the Spice Girls Greatest Hits featuring 13 hits. They had 13 okay, hits.
1: Okay, so at right now I will give either all the money in my pocket if you can name 13 Spice Girls songs. I can't. How many can we name? Let's see how many Spice Girls songs we can all name. Go. Shout them out. Don't wait for me.
3: You're going to win. You're the one who saw them in It's not a
1: contest. I'm just saying how many no, can I, we come I up with. I can't remember. Wannabe. Wannabe. If you want to be... There's that. You don't have to sing them. There's, I'm going to sing them all. All the ones I come up with are going to be sung. Zig, zig, ah. Uh, so there's Wannabe. There is To Become One. I like that song. There is... um. Uh, goodbye. That song by the Spice Girls. Uh, I forget how it goes now, but I used to know it. There's, what is it? It's a breakup song. Mm. Um, da, da, it's time to say goodbye. There's that song. Uh, what I always forget this What is the one where they're in the desert, and they're superheroes at the at the, at the salt flats. I always forget God, this. song. I am zero yeah, for one. zero. Okay, so there's wanna be two become one. Spice up your life. Goodbye. The
3: one just called Spice World.
1: I think it was the album. But well, I think the Spice album. of Your Life was the single. There's the one in the desert. I forget what that's called. Uh, Old Spice. I think that might be it. They did a really bad cover of We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Oh yeah. Six. Okay, that's that's even given me the one that's in the desert that I can never think of. I can never remember the name of that song. Don't bother to call. It doesn't matter. Thirteen songs, really. We are singing. This is the death throes of the record industry. The fact that they are trying to screw people. How much are they charging for? Does it say? Doesn't say. I mean, what gall, really? Honestly, where do they? Where do you come off charging people money for a thirteen-song Spice Girls collection? Don't get me wrong, I love stupid pop as much as the next person. 16 UK shows have been sold out into massive public se- demand. 38 seconds that London show sold out in.
5: That's impressive.
1: I thought it was too early for Spice Nostalgia, but 38 seconds. So now the Spice Girls are pleased to announce more dates uh, in
5: London. Um, By the way, US sp- and Canadian shows sold out. Uh, really? Uh, what, what US shows are there?
1: Uh, Los Angeles and Las Vegas. That's it. San Jose. I could see them playing Las Vegas. The Spice Van- Girls ought to just have a continuing review in Las Vegas.
5: It's just Vancouver. I don't know if that's America's Vancouver or Vancouver, B.C.
1: You know what they ought to have? Okay, here's a great idea right now. You know what? The, I'm at the. This is like my world. Uh, my uh, my Nobel Pain Prize thing the other day. Here's. Sarah has exactly the look on her face that Tim had while he was reading about the priest who's not gay. Just that sort of tired kind of how am I so do we- tired
3: of you saying Nobel Pain Prize. It's a great idea. It was not a great idea when you came up with it and it's becoming stupider by the day.
1: And then Chuck Norris has a tool belt and a denim vest while he gives out the Nobel Pain prize. Oh. And then those who are nominated for the Nobel Pain Prize but don't win, he body slams them onto the stage till only the winner is left standing and then and then like you get like a gold plated drill or something. Um, here's a great idea, or passable idea, anyway. You know, there's that group, Madonna. that's like a, it's like a... Oh, uh, I've seen them before. They've played here. Now, is it, now, is it just, is it just men singing Madonna? Is it one guy? Is it drag queens? What is the deal with Madonna? I'm not sure. So it's,
3: I've heard of it, and I know... Um, yeah, it's a bunch of guys singing
1: Madonna songs. Now, are they, are they uh, just dressed as men, or are they dressed as Madonna? I can't remember. That's fantastic, though. That's a that whole thing. Man it's Madonna. like, well, there's that, um... What is that uh, mistress of reality? Because the thing is, like, to have, like, those girls covering hard rock songs. Get, like, uh, Hell's Bells and the Iron Maidens. There's that group, Mistress of Reality, that are coming to town. I think they're coming to Mount Tabor. And it's, like, all chicks doing Sabbath songs. And they're all hot, by the way. So there ought to be, though, uh, an an all-male drag queen Spice Girls. Oh, I'm sure that there already is. Well, maybe in London. Uh, But they ought to have one here. And, again, just have a standing gig in Vegas.
3: Yes, these boys look very gay
1: mandonna mm-hmm. now are they dressed as madonna
3: no but they're like not wearing shirts and all greased up and wearing like feather boas and mother yeah. pants
1: not wearing shirts and all greased up there may be more than one of those groups the manda there's a there's a there they, may be the mandonna franchises Possibly. be like a be like the drifters so 38 seconds at spice girl concert anyway uh well by the way speaking of the death throes of the record industry listen to this so and now you know, and you know, uh, we were kind of poking fun at the Kid Rock coming to town because he's playing the Roseland, which is a smaller venue he normally does. But you know what? Even though it's the Roseland, you know that thing sold out in like 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know his new record debuted at number one, which is the first time he's ever had that. But listen to this: so Kid Rock, who I do like, says um, he's fired his manager, blah blah blah. Record, but guess we were just talking about this the other day. I was talking about InSync's No Strings Attached, and how we have seen the last. Of a debut of a or rather of a record going to number one with like a million copies in the first week, so no strings attached by Instinct sold 1.1 million copies in its first week to land at number one. Guess how many copies Kid Rock's album sold in its first week to debut at number one? It's a lot, but it's not what it used. It would have been five years ago. Three hundred thousand. One hundred seventy thousand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which again, nobody's gonna. I mean, look, if I sold one hundred seventy thousand copies of anything, I'd be ecstatic. But I'm not Kid Rock. I mean, that is just astounding that you can sell only 170,000 copies and be number one on the billboard charts. That is, it really is just, I mean, 10 years ago, 170,000 wouldn't have put you in the top 15. It really is indicative of how few people buy physical CDs now and how many people buy new records. Huh. All right. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, uh, Sir Madam, as the case may be, about what are you calling?
13: Hi, hey Rick, this is John calling. Uh, I'm calling about the Nobel Pain Prize. You of course you a great are. Great idea. it's a fantastic <laughs> idea. You just gave me a great idea for for the next WWE wrestler. You know, he could come, um, his whole shtick could be, he could be a British dentist and he would just be a drunken so- soccer hooligan who wanders into the ring with nothing more than a pair of pliers.
2: <laughs> okay.
13: This... Because of the story of them all, yanking their
0: yeah. teeth out. No, I'm, I'm, no, 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 no.
1: I'm just saying. I, but I now feel like your reference to the Nobel Pain Prize has been tacked on to my for my benefit here because it has nothing to do with the rest of this. I feel now that I've just been. You're just gilding my lily, sir.
13: It's it's all about you, Rick. I mean, all right.
1: On. Well, I appreciate that.
4: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye now. All
1: right. Uh, well, let's do one more, and then we'll break and come back with Jim Roop. What are you looking at? Nobel Pain Prize. So I thought your head's all defective. Now I know. We, I'm
3: like l- being with my head tilted
5: over to the side. Over there, like a crazy
1: person. Sitting over there, hating life. <laughs> uh, do one more, and then we'll uh, we'll break. So Sarah can try to wash out her ear.
5: A uh, writer and journalist, that Norman Mailer, has been hospitalized with an acute respiratory problem. Mailer, he's not in very good shape. now. He's, he's like a breaking my heart," said one of his former wives named Carol. The writer is reported to be in intensive care at Mount Sinai Hospital. That's in New York. The writer was first hospitalized in Boston some time ago with an asthma attack but insisted on being released because he wanted to attend his daughter's wedding. He is a recipient of two uh, Pulitzer
1: Prizes and the National Book Club Award. He's also one of the founders of The Village Voice, considered a must-read by New York Culture. I didn't know that Norman Mailer co-founded The Village Voice. Yeah. I had no idea. That's pretty impressive. The more you know. You know, he, uh, you know he's one of those guys, though, that I'm amazed. I think he would agree. I am amazed the, that he has made it to 85 because Norman Mailer grew up in that post-Hemingway uh, um, era where it was all about being a real man and eating and drinking all of life that you could and whatever. And He won two Pulitzer Prizes. Um, God, he had a bestseller. He had a worldwide bestseller, that uh, The Naked and the Dead, when he was, I think, only 23, 24. Um, and then he won a Pulitzer for Army of the Night, and he won a Pulitzer for The Executioner's Song. Uh, he did all of that sports writing about the Rumble in the Jungle and everything. I mean, he's you know, he's been married and divorced six times, I think. So he's you know he's he's one of those Iron John types, one of those very much the alpha male writers uh, that grew up worshiping Hemingway. You know, he's one of, and he, he was a contemporary of Hunter Thompson and Tom Wolfe, one of those new journalism kind of guys. So, well, that sucks. What are you gonna do? Um really? No. Oh wait, when those, No, somebody has clarified what the Desert Song is by the. Uh, Almost by the gilmore girls by the spice girls um let's see say you'll be there that's right that's exactly what it is yeah Thank you. all right uh well let's take a break we'll come back after this more of your phone calls james roop more of tim riley the ministry of truth and the top five goodbye songs plus more guesses about what ozzy osborne artifact i am holding in my hands you stay there it's the rick emerson radio program don't go anywhere
6: syndrome since 1998.
5: This is the Rick Emerson Show
1: on AM 970, Solid State Radio. Hey, excellent. Uh, let's talk to our good friend Bobby Terrell. Hello, Bobby Terrell.
2: Well, hello, Rick
8: Emerson. Hello, how,
1: how can I help you, sir?
8: Uh, well, it's I, I might be able to help you. Hold on, I have to stop
1: you <laughs> right you now. Can you hear me?
2: Hold on.
3: Does the microphone work? Hold on.
1: Off? Hold on just a second. Sarah, Bobby Terrell. Sarah just uh, said, hello, Bobby Terrell. But her microphone wasn't on. But she couldn't tell whether it was or not because her hearing is degenerated now. over the course of one program. That's really funny. To the, I'm not laughing. To the, to the point where now she, she just had to ask me, is my microphone on? Can you hear me when I talk? It's so, it's so sad. You're like I, Kevin.
8: I heard, I heard loud and clear.
1: You're like Kevin Bacon is the invisible manager. Can you see me? Am I am I visible? I want to hear what Bobby Terrell has to say. What do you have to say, Bobby Terrell?
8: Okay, well, first of all, I think that Terrell is much cuter than like, Kevin Bacon is.
3: Oh, thank you, Bobby. And that,
8: Terrell. that comparison was kind of a low blow.
1: It's the so first thing that came to mind. Okay. okay. Well, How do you um, know she's start... cuter than uh, Kevin Bacon? You can't I know, see I know him; Bobby he's invisible.
2: Terrell.
1: All right. How can I – what's up, Bobby Drew? How can I help
8: Okay, well, there's a couple things. Um, I, uh, first of all, in the very beginning of the show, with all that, you're waxing. That's just the most retarded thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes. You should go with none of those remedies whatsoever. I totally agree with you. Go with some pills, something, anything. Um, another thing is uh, your song that you just played, The uh, the Thing You Do, I think it is. Is yes. that right? Yes, There's another band that that kind of reminds me of that you should check out. If you haven't listened to them yet, it's called Loxley.
1: Loxley. oh are they from are they from scotland
8: I, I think i think they might be i just kind of happened upon their cd and i thought it was like this great piece of pop yeah. music really really like them a lot and, and every time you play that i would think about that
1: excellent i'll be sure to do it
8: okay and uh last and foremost is i was up in vancouver the other day and i drove by a uh an outlet store for goodwill and i'm wondering how is that possible
2: an
1: outlet store? A Goodwill for... outlet store?
8: Really? Yeah, there's a Goodwill outlet store. I just really want to know how that's possible.
1: For those who cannot afford the exorbitant prices at your typical run-of-the-mill Goodwill on 82nd? Yeah. Well, that's just unfortunate. It All just right, so you can buy things in bulk. Holiday season is coming up. After the break,
3: we're going to interview Eric Weihemeyer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest.
5: But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. I am not gay.
1: He's
2: blind. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you.
1: All right. No, I'm not going to rant about the Alanis Morris thing. No, the, there's there's that whole pile of stuff that we don't talk about anymore. That we put Please it in deep storage. Please don't talk about it. No, I'm just going to mention why I'm not going to talk about
3: oh, it. Oh, God. That is the same as talking about That's it. not. Yes, I'm, it is. A mention is talking about it.
1: I'm not going to give any sort of... I'm not going to expand the I'm thread. I'm very
3: angry. What? Hey, Rick, do you want to talk about Alanis Morissette and that isn't that ironic song? How nothing is actually ironic in the song? I'm just saying. Or perhaps it's sure that song about Dave Coulier?
1: No, that's so what I'm saying. But the ironic thing is next to the Dave Coulier thing in the deep storage of my brain. I don't make those observations anymore. I leave that for lesser programs and lesser hosts. That's all I'm saying. I spend my time talking to Jim Rube live from Los Angeles.
19: Uh,
16: <laughs> Hello, sir. How are you? That was, that was very. Uh... That oh, was very really Godfather of Soul there, man.
1: Yeah, you know what they, you know that is that it's called a that's called a smash segue. Is what that is. That's just a it's a, it's a, it's a uh, oh man, where did my James Brown thing go? Now see, that's a thing I'll never. Go. Oh, that's genius. I've played that for you, haven't I? The the James Brown interview that he did on CNN some years back.
16: No, I don't believe you. did. Oh.
1: Okay, (laughs) he's he's dead, and we just can't quit playing it. Um, Let me find it here. It was with. um,
3: That's right up there with Anna Nicole Smith's uh, speech at the awards. Oh,
1: it's it really it's fantastic. Let me find it here. Hold on, I don't know where the hell it went. Uh, There might, in fact, be a whole James Brown folder. Folder. Uh, Hey, Scotty, where the hell did my James Brown interview go?
16: Folder. Oh, here we.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. No, no. Um, uh, Let's see. Sarah, is my computer turned to... Uh... It sure is. Oh, no, that's just, that's just <laughs> the end. I cannot for the... I don't know where the James Brown interview went. Okay, well, I'll have to... I'll look. Um, all right, I don't know why my computer is doing this. Hello, James Rupp. How are you, sir? I am well, sir. Um, I'm just killing time here. Well, while, while I'm just pretending to talk to you while I look for these James Brown sounds. Uh, he did this interview, and I'm forgetting what the actual show was. I think it was... God, was it Sonya Live? That might actually be, it, but that seems like it might have actually been so long ago that it was it, it, it was before or after her time. James Brown did this interview some time back where he was. Uh, I don't know for a fact that he was uh, on some kind of intoxicant, um, but he was. It, it didn't seem like he was necessarily in his right mind, <laughs> um, and um, he just. Um, he was taking. He was answering questions very oddly, and so I'm trying to see if if I don't have it in this one folder, I'm going to move on. Sarah, can you do me a favor? Can you find that on on the YouTube? I'm looking for it right now. All right, now. thank you. I don't know where the hell I put it. I filed it away somewhere. Um. Anyway. Was it on CNN? Yeah, it was James Brown CNN. That's one okay. of the best way to find. It. Hey, so uh, what's how's life in uh, in Los Angeles? It's sir? great, man. Anything stunning happening today?
16: Uh, no, today's a pretty quiet day. I, uh, two uh, news conferences with the governor and. Uh, that's been it so far. You
1: see, the study that came out that said, that, like, if you're a family of, uh, you know, if you got two kids, you have got to make at least like seventy-five grand a year to even keep your lips above the waterline in that state.
16: Well, dude, I live here. I I can tell you that <laughs> it costs a lot of money to live here. Oh no,
1: absolutely. It's just one of those things that
16: really—it's ridiculous. Now we're spending one hundred fifty million dollars to synchronize
1: traffic lights. And that really, honestly. Yeah. You know, do traffic lights kind of weird you out? Let's talk about traffic lights for a second because I was going to talk about how that study doesn't even factor in the San Francisco equation, which is like... When they say it costs an average of seventy-five thousand dollars a year if you got two kids, I mean, obviously maybe there are places where it's a little lower, but I mean, in vast sections of California, you got to be making like a hundred fifty grand. It's like you hear those things about Manhattan apartments where you can get a studio apartment for like eighteen hundred dollars a month or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's just it's madness. So, traffic lights kind of weird me out because there are times. When I pull up to a traffic light and I, for the life of me, cannot see a little electronic eye, I can't see a sensor, I can't see any sort of detection device, and yet somehow the traffic device knows that I am there. And I, I know that I shouldn't wonder about those things, but I really do. They're, they're just, it's one of those things I don't really know how they operate. And it kind of weirds me out, to be well, honest. Well, the
16: older streets, you can see the, where they cut out the pavement to put the sensor in there at a certain spot. So when a car pulls up, the light knows you're there, so the busier side of the street now will have to get a a red light at some point to let you go through. Um, but they don't have uh, sound sensors on them, right? They're like, my old man, you know, the junk that he was, he'd honk at the lights. Yeah, they got a sound sensor honk my
21: horn, they'll change.
1: I remember when I was actually growing up, there was this whole section of my hometown where they had some very, very early crude prototype of those sensors that allow ambulances to turn the lights green from a distance?
16: Well, that's what the strobe was supposed to be for on the on the emergency vehicles. The strobes would hit some sort of eye on the traffic signal and it would turn green in their direction.
1: Right. What somebody discovered uh, when I was growing up, somebody discovered that if you just flashed your high beams at those, it oh. would actually turn them. And so, with, you know, and of course, even before the Internet, that kind of knowledge spreads really quickly. And so suddenly everybody in the world, everybody in the town at least, knew that if you just flashed your high beams at these lights, you know, that you could immediately turn them green, which means that they just had, the, you know, that effectively they were, for a period of about six months before where they actually fixed those lights, but there were no more red lights in my hometown at all. <laughs> Everybody, as soon as you got close, you bam, you hit your high beam. The high beam the light just completely turns green. There was there was no more waiting for any lights anywhere
2: ever at well, the all. Pro- the
16: problem with this system that they have here, in my opinion, is that synchronized lights only work if you go the speed limit. If you go faster than the speed limit, it doesn't work for you. Right. So, uh, and, and nobody here goes the speed limit. If you have open space between you and another car, you're going faster than the speed limit to get that space filled before some other. Butthead gets in there.
1: Well, and it is sort of a known thing in some cities. Like when I, you know, I lived in Seattle for a while, and there was that whole thing about it. It was just known that the speed limit was ten miles above whatever was posted. Yeah, I so.
16: think that's still, uh, still that holds true. I think for a lot of places.
1: I believe so. All right. Uh, well, I have no real reason to be talking to you today, except to play this. Uh, ex- except to play this. James, do you have the James Brown thing, Sarah? All right. Scotty is telling me that it's actually in, it's actually in here, and I don't, I don't see it, Scotty. So. You know, I'll just have to, we'll have to play the, uh, we'll have to play. We'll take care of that short time. Okay, so let me, exactly. So let me just give a little background on this. So did you, do you see the name of the show? Uh, Sonia? It's Sonia, okay. So it was Sonia Live, which is some years back. Uh, on CNN, and so we've played this many times, but I, it never gets old. So here's what's happening: James Brown is being interviewed on Sonya Live, and this is, I believe, uh, after he led police on that whole weird uh, high speed chase oh, or something, after one of his many arrests for, I think, savagely beating one of his wives yes, or something. And the guy, he just looks so out of it. He's sweating like a pig. Uh, he just, he's, he's all, he's kind of herky jerky in his motions. He just seems all manner of crazy and stimulating and it, he I I'll I will let the audio uh, speak for itself so what you're about to hear is about 90 seconds of James Brown being interviewed live on television and by the way you can hear just the sort of confusion in Sonia's voice as she's trying to interview this guy who is clearly high as a paper kite and is not processing anything she is asking so uh, without further ado let
20: all of this travel begin living in America <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong at all? You're not in any difficulty, but you're out on bond. No, I'm not. (laughs) Have all the charges been dropped? Yeah, I'm out on love. Uh, Well, are you out on love or out of love? Which is it? Out on love. Alone from night to night, you find me. Now, James, this isn't the first time you and your wife have had a problem. Are the two of you going to be able to work this out? Let's
19: talk about some music.
20: Your fans will have read all about this, James. Aren't you concerned about that?
19: No, I'm concerned because there's nothing wrong.
20: And what are you going to say to your fans when they ask you some questions about it?
19: I'm going to say, I feel good. Papa's got a brand new bag. It's a man's world. What are you going to be doing on this tour?
20: I'm going to be doing, Papa's got
19: a brand new bag, living in America. Sex machine, get up off of that thing. I feel good. Yeah.
20: Now I understand that I'm you have real. already James, I have to ask you one serious question here. I've understand you already have started divorce proceedings. Does that mean that you're now
19: eligible? Um no yes, I'm yeah, eligible. I'm I I want to mingle.
20: You wanna mingle? Yeah. Now the women love you when you get out there. Why do you think that is? What'd you say? The
1: women love Oh, no, so we're gonna have to pause and let it let the rest of it buffer. So this is you can hear already though. She is just, I mean, she's just in in the tall grass. She's in the weeds. I mean, she keeps asking the guy things, and he just responds by either shouting a bunch of gibberish.
16: Well, if she she was smart, she'd start singing his songs with him there. That would have been a great interview.
1: I mean, it really is wonderful. And the fact that he is very clearly and sort of ham-handedly trying to seduce her via satellite uh, interlink while they're being interviewed. I think he's a genius is really what sells this. So we're coming up on the... No, the
3: visual's the best, too, because he's wearing these giant orange sunglasses. Oh, yeah,
1: he's really the very definition of overdressed. Uh, Are we... Do we have the final few seconds of this, Sarah? Almost. All right. So as soon as this is, as soon as as soon as we've got the rest of this acued up, we'll play you just the, we'll play you just the finale, which really just seals it, because you can tell that so, whoever prepped her for this did not really adequately prepare her for the possibility that James Brown would just be would just be just spraying a bunch of gibberish uh, while they were interviewed. Okay, so here's the finale of this interview.
19: I, I, I want to mingle.
20: You want to mingle? Yeah. Now the women love you when you get out there. Why do you think that is? What'd you say? The women love you when you get out
19: there. Why is that, ladies?
20: Well, I'm asking you. Huh? Because well, I look you think good. That is. You I look good. good.
19: I smell good. I feel good.
20: And you sing
19: good. And make love good. Oh.
20: <laughs> well, there we are. We don't have to ask anybody else. We got that from the source.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and it just ends with this long scream that just comes out of nowhere. I miss that guy. Oh man. Yeah, if you get a chance go to YouTube and put in James Brown CNN. It's it, really to watch her face as that interview just falls apart in front of her is just it's gold. It's worth its weight, it really is. <laughs> All right, my friend. Um yeah, well, I just uh I don't think I can top James Brown there. So, uh enjoy the rest of your day. As always, say hello to the sun for us because we won't be seeing it until like February. Oh,
16: it's up now, boy. It's about uh... 78 degrees, feeling good. I feel good. <laughs> 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 All right, there you go. <laughs> and you
20: sing good. And make love good. Oh. Well, there we are. We don't have to ask anybody else. We got that from the source. <laughs> Excellent.
1: Thank you. Seeing the radio correspondent James. <laughs> <laughs> Rupe. All right, thank you, my friend. All right, it's five oh three seven three three. Oh, you've got a stop. 2970. seventy. We'll get these calls, then we'll take a break. Come back with Tim Riley in the top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson
2: show. Hello.
11: Hello, Rick. Uh, I thought of you. I went to the optometrist today, and if you're ever looking for a new eye doctor over in the Hawthorne area, my new doctor's name is Dr. Love. Is his name really Dr. Love? It is. It's etched on his old jacket and everything.
1: But I mean, is his name like John Love? Yes. Did you? I mean, insert whatever kiss reference you'd like right here. Well, it's like when I went to my uh, last uh, useless shrink a while back, and this is not the shrink's name, but the shrink shared an office with a guy. I swear to God, it had his nameplate. His name was Dr. Tongue. And I mean, how could you? Do, even if that was your real name, wouldn't you change it? I mean, you can't. Your patients can't take it. One of you went to like a gynecologist named Dr. Tongue? How could you? How could you ever do that? Well, who's your proctologist, Dr. Tongue? <laughs> it just sounds like you're getting, It sounds like code for going to the bunny ranch. Well, I
11: know you stopped going out to the Gresham for your for your shrink. Yeah. but I think the whole reason that it was out there is to make you feel be- better about your life.
21: Oh no, just j- dude, just, just seen, driving
11: out there, you go. Oh god, at least I don't live out here.
1: Just the people you pass on street corners <laughs> on the way to see a shrink in Gresham. I mean, really, honestly, just the people that are standing around outside trying to pick up like, uh, you know, they trying bits of aluminum from the gutter that they can redeem for twelve cents. So. Well, didn't that, didn't that make you not depressed anymore? Oh, well, it was certainly was a relative lift-me-up. It's sort of like fleshy Prozac. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, have a good day. All right, thank you, my friend. Uh, we'll do a couple more, and then we'll take a break. Fleshy uh, Prozac? Well, seriously, I mean, you it's know. it's like the know. worst thing you've ever said. Look, I... you, you, you spent time at Victory Bingo, Sarah. You know exactly oh. what I'm talking about. Did you see that thing about how they're going to try to ban smoking at the Victory Bingo Hall?
3: Oh, yeah, that's not gonna happen. It's gonna
1: be a riot, man! You get between the crazy cat like lady and her getting worse. I
3: can only hear myself in my right ear.
1: Huh? I, I, I don't know. All right. But now, when, let me, what happens if you were to block your right ear? What happens? Is it just it sounds exactly the same. Really? Yeah. Uh uh. Yeah. yeah. Some sort of an infestation. Yeah. Uh, let's welcome out to the Rick Emerson show, our good friend the Low, talking. Are you in Vegas?
5: Oh. Uh yes, sir, I am.
1: What what brings you to the not that it's not on the uh, not that it's not welcome. But what brings you to the phone today, my friend?
21: Oh uh, well I I couldn't let the week go by without uh calling to uh to put my two cents in about my man, Mr. J, being bounced. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, I know
21: he's not being bounced. I know no, he's not being bounced. Well,
1: not by us.
21: Well, yeah, no, he's not being bounced by you guys. <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, before I say this, I, I want to try to be the absolutely latest person to tell uh, Sarah happy birthday and see if
1: I can be the last <sighs> one. Mission I'm accomplished. Oh,
3: thank Sarah. you. Well, Rick still done, hasn't given me my birthday present yet. I've been waiting for it.
1: I'm shocked. Are you serious? I told you all about your present yesterday. I, <laughs> I whispered it right into your left ear. I'm amazed you weren't oh, able to hear. It.
3: Oh yeah, make one of
2: the Well, the only
21: the only thing I want to do is put in a request that um, a, a, a certain um, Mrs. J, who shall remain anonymous, be added to the book.
1: Oh no, 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 no. That would, it would be wrong. We will not be we will not be putting Mrs. J in the uh, in the book. She's I won't playing. either. There it's might the be, and it's not cool. There might, there might be other. Sarah saying, "Hand me the book." Really, I
20: did not
3: say anything.
1: You motioned toward the book just now.
3: I can't hear what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> That's going to be your new excuse for everything, by the way. I'm sorry, that was my trickier. I didn't, I didn't hear that. I well, well,
21: at the very least, on on, on Scotty's last day, you guys got to take him to Jiggles or something.
1: I mean, it Portland's Portland's. Portland. Yeah, most I want to look at underage
3: uh, girls in a juice bar. Woo! I mean, I love our sponsors.
1: <laughs> well, you're not really the target demographic. I'm really not. You don't have a WAF. but you know who does? No, you know, Scotty does have a WAF and kids. So this will uh, render this, this this will this will render him. I guess because by the end of the spot, the guy doesn't care about either of those things. So maybe it is what Scotty needs. All right.
21: Well, you you, you might be right there.
1: Scotty is uh, Scotty is typing on the screen that someone else is to blame. Who else? Who is to blame exactly, Scotty? I guess it could be your your various creditors. I guess that's – we theoretically we could put the blame on them. So well, he he will be missed. We uh, we do wish Scotty was able to stay. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I will
21: say that the, the, the few times I was there, Scotty was awesome. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat up on him too bad.
1: No, no, he gets enough of that at home. So this... but
21: I, I would like to promise you, um, I've, I've got a surprise coming your way. Ooh. And do you want to be spoiled? Or do, you want, do you want me to tell you now, or do you want to wait until
1: it gets there? Now, are you are you speaking just to me or to the whole show? No, to you, you personally. Uh, I don't know, Sarah. Do I want to be spoiled, or do I want to be surprised? Oh, you probably want to be spoiled. All right, go ahead and spoil it.
21: Okay. Uh, I will be sending you the complete season one on DVD of Code Monkeys, in case you haven't been watching it. Of what? Code Monkeys.
1: It, with KS. What, what is that?
21: I'll, I'll give you a quick synopsis. It is... Two game programmers set in the 80s working at a company called Game of Vision, and the entire show is done in 8-bit Nintendo graphics.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm all over that. Okay.
21: You will love it. I've got the entire first season. I will be mailing that to you post-haste.
1: All right, you had me at 8-bit, sir.
21: Excellent, and, and it is the best thing ever.
1: By the way, while we're here, I'm gonna give a quick plug to uh, the the new project that you're involved in, and please tell me if I'm mispronouncing this. the The new musical, uh, the, I don't want to say group, but the new musical sort of the um, the project to which you are contributing is called what is Azure Noir.
21: That is correct.
1: Dark blue, I think, in French or something. Um, uh, right, right. And so the the web the web, web page this, it's myspace.com slash a z u r e n o i r Azure as in blue, noir, uh, which is really, it's kind of like an ambient trip-hop kind of a thing. and just like you and some people from, what, Chicago, something? Uh,
21: uh, me and one girl uh, that used to be in a, uh, I guess somewhat of an industrial band in Cleveland, and then she she relocated to Las Vegas, so it's just the two of us, and I am uh, doing my best to be the noir part.
1: It's, it's really good, and I'm not just saying that. I sent you uh, an email about that a while back telling you that it was great. It's fantastic, so people really ought to check that out. So.
21: Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I actually, I almost forgot to to, to even think, of, think that you, you remembered that. Well, I, I am, email about
1: I am here to assist with whoring in all of its many forms.
21: And you missed my noir, noir part, George, I, didn't you?
1: No, I, I know.
21: You didn't even give me crickets or anything lame like that. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't threaten to lose my call. Nothing. I, don't,
1: I don't have the cricket sound effect. I've lost it. I don't ha- I don't know where. This is what I could have given I didn't have the cricket sound effect, so the most I could have given you is like a... And it just doesn't really seem doesn't have the same punch to it. So
21: All right, I I get that, I, but I'm cool with Andy though. All right. So I, I'll let you guys get back to it, and I, and I and I'll catch you guys a little bit later.
1: All right, my friend. Thank you so much.
2: Ah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was that was the point of the whole call. You know that was the whole reason. That's what I get for ignoring the noir joke. Cause he's black. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, that was really gold right there at the end. That was wonderful. All right, back after this, this is the Rick Everson radio program. Tim Riley around the corner. Let's top five and so forth. You stay right there.
20: where all of this
19: trouble begin? Living in America! Nothing wrong.
20: Nothing wrong at all? You're not in any difficulty, but you're out on bonds.
19: No, I'm not. Have
20: all the charges been dropped? Yeah, I'm out on love. Well, are you out on love or out of love? Which is it? Out on love. Alone from night to night, you find me. Now, James, this isn't the first time you and your wife have had a problem. Are the two of you going to be able to work this out?
19: Let's talk about some music.
20: Your fans will have read all about this, James. Aren't you concerned about that?
19: No, I'm concerned because there's nothing wrong.
20: And what are you going to say to your fans when they ask you some questions about it?
19: I'm going to say, I feel good. Papa's got a brand new bag. It's a man's world. What are you going to
20: be doing on this tour? I'm going to be doing, Papa's
19: got a brand new bag, living in America, sex machine, get up off of that thing.
2: I
20: feel good. Yeah. Now I understand that you I'm have real. already. James, I have to ask you one serious question here. I understand you already have started divorce proceedings. Does that mean that you're now eligible? Um uh, no. Yes, I'm yeah, else.
19: I'm singing. I, I want to mingle.
20: You want to mingle?
19: Yeah. Now the
20: women love you when you get out there. Why do you think that is? What'd you say? The women love you when you get out there.
19: Why is that, ladies?
20: Well, I'm asking
19: you. Huh?
2: Because well,
19: I, I look good, you look good, I yeah. feel good, and you sing good, and make love good. Oh,
20: <laughs> well, there we are. We don't have to ask anybody else. We got that from the source.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you
6: are. And now, from the <laughs> Ministry of Truth, this is
5: Kim Riley. A Beaverton couple is accused of forcing children to shoplift at Target. Uh, under arrest, 24-year-old Adam Brown and 27-year-old Amber Wilson. Uh, target security said a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old were loading up a shopping cart with electronics and other items and pushing the cart outside without paying. The cops said Brown and Wilson told the kids what to take and waited outside in the car. Uh, five children were taken into custody by a state officials. Detectives detective said. Some of the kids belonged to these two people, and some they were just, well, they were babysitting at the time. Uh, and uh, they've been booked on theft
1: charges. Okay tennis-born target. Well, what's the point of having children if you can't make them steal for you?
5: That's true. An angry swarm of 100,000 bees buzzed their way through Glendale, Arizona, stinging four children, the babysitter, and the beekeeper. They were extremely stubborn. I'm
1: not sure if it's the children of the bees. Well, I wish you that, that dangling uh, modifier there really does make it. Uh... All right.
5: The, uh, the, the swarm of bees became irritated at 2.30. The swarm then moved on to the house next door and stung four children and their babysitter. Them the kids are running down the street, running and crying. Glendale firefighters came to the house and smothered the bees with water and bee foam, killing 99% of that beehive. Bee foam. Mm-hmm. Things are really funny today for no reason. <laughs> <I
2: know>.
5: uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Imagine that. Uh, uh, half of the British population will be obese by the year 2050. Well done. Vicky Swindon, who runs the website called. Vicky Swindon? Mm-hmm, uh, runs a website called Fat is the New Black. It campaigns on behalf of fat people, so the British government is to blame for all the fat people in her country.
4: Why are our children only now
15: having 35 minutes of P.E. a week? Why, when you're teaching children allegedly about food and nutrition, why are you still getting them to make fairy cakes and lasagna?
1: We
0: cannot, as
4: individuals, <laughs> fairy cakes deal with
1: <laughs> It is so hard to take her anger seriously when she says, why are they only eating fairy cakes and lasagna? You cannot take that
2: one. Why
15: are our children only now having 35 minutes of PE a week? Why, when you're teaching children allegedly about food and nutrition, why are you still getting them to make fairy
4: cakes and
5: lasagna?
2: We (laughs) cannot,
4: as individuals, on our own, deal with that.
1: Oh, shut it. Oh, that's wonderful. It is really, it's a great day for phrases on the Rick Emerson program. It really is. As It always is. All right. Sarah said the greatest thing, and I want to give context to this. No,
3: I don't want you to say it because I didn't. Because it's going to be misconstrued, someone's going to get mad.
1: But I'm saying if I give the context, it will not People be misconstrued. People don't get mad at us. People don't get mad People at us. People always get mad at us. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's, it's, this, is, no it, this is like, I told the story about being at the laundromat across the street, and there was a woman there who was a, a, of Asian extraction, as they say, and that's always an odd phrase to me. That's a thing that they'll actually say, you know, someone is of Asian extraction. Europe, And that makes it sound like he went and took them out of the country with tweezers, mm-hmm. like, it, like they were a bad tooth that so had to be extracted plucked extracted them out. from their country. No, and I – did but I – seriously, forcibly so, with a hose. Um, but I had been talking to this Asian woman who was taking my laundry. She was going to be washing it, and she does not speak uh, English very well. And I said, hey, so do you sort the laundry, or do I have to do that? Mm-hmm. And she didn't understand what I, what I meant, and she said, I'm, I'm sorry. And I said, do, do you sort the laundry, uh, miss, when you do this, or do I have to separate the laundry for you? And again, she's just like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. And I said, "Do you, the laundry, do you sort it? Do, do, do you separate the various laundries? And he said, what? And I finally I said, you have to separate the whites and the colors. And then immediately I was just all trying to suck the words back. And as I realized how it sounded out loud, just desperately trying to inhale the words back into my lungs. So given that as a background, I'll give the total context of this statement, which really is pretty funny. So we were just playing the James Brown clip. Where he ends it with the whole... And that low scream is like the best thing I've ever heard when he does the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were noting how at the last listener party, we did that whole opening montage of just famous YouTube videos. And then we had all, you know, and then at the Halloween party before that, we had dressed as various celebrities from the news. And Sarah was noting that instead of doing the Britney uh, thing or the Paris Hilton video or the Star Wars kid video... Sarah replied very innocently. She said, "Well, you know, we totally should have done. One of us should have been the James Brown, uh, you know, video. One of us should have, dressed, should have dressed up as James Brown, and you know, because he's so crazy." And I, and I the look on my face must have implied the. But we're all white because she goes. She goes. Well, no, no, no. Just the glasses. You wouldn't have to be black to be crazy. Which is <laughs> like the best phrase ever. Which clearly she means nothing by. It's just that confluence of words.
3: I could have totally rocked that with the big glasses. and You have
1: all of his outfits, probably. It's just wonderful. We had to merge that and the oh, uh, God <laughs> from earlier. Can you play the? uh... Can you can you uh, skip to the end where he does the scream?
19: Yeah. And you sing good. And make love good. Oh.
20: Well, there we are. We don't have to ask anybody else. We got that from the
2: source.
6: You. So.
5: who
3: climbed the highest mountain in the okay. world, Mount We've Everest.
1: Officially gone but crazy.
5: he's gay. I mean, he's oh, gay. Excuse me. I am not gay. He's blind.
1: Oh, <laughs> the Don and Mike show. <laughs> I'm sorry to everybody. Do we, we shouldn't be allowed to push buttons. We shouldn't be allowed to have a radio program. Oh, God. Okay. Well, we don't have time to do the top five. Let's it's take these calls and then we'll break. Uh, Tim Riley, are you going back to prepare more news?
5: I am because there's a big storm coming in for the coast of the Cascades tonight.
1: Is it going to kill us all? Yes. If you're on the coast of the mean,
5: Cascades. Okay. Stay right where you are. Not us though. People don't care about this that terrorism drill that's supposed to be going. No, so it's over. Well, I thought they were going to be setting
1: fire to the bridge downtown or something. It's clearly not Nothing. happening. Nothing. Uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman. You sir, on the phone, please clap. Sir, you're not clapping. Me? Yes? yes, clap, please. Uh-huh.
5: I can't clap. I'm holding
1: a cell phone. <laughs> Just a, p- pinch it between your shoulder and your chin.
3: Maybe he's wearing big earrings. I can't tell There that. you
1: go. I didn't hear the clap.
7: We but, want the clap.
2: All right. Here you go.
1: Thank but, you, my hey. friend. All right. Tim so, Riley. The wants the clap. Oh, please give us the clap. <laughs> Not by the hour all the way through like us. Uh, oh, God. All right. Well, how can I help you, sir?
17: Oh, well, I just wanted to call in, and thank you guys for the free publicity. My name's Andrew Cantwell. I was the guy who was attacked in the
5: parking lot of Albertson. Oh, oh, Tim! Tim,
2: Oh, get him. Tim Riley, you have to come back here. I do?
1: I'm sorry. I hate to, I hate to, hold on. Tim, you must come here. Tim, you have to put on your headphones and listen to this guy who's on the phone right now. Hold on, sir. Don't, 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 don't speak. Uh, Stay there for just one second. Just don't, uh, you just stay right there. Okay. All right. So, sir, please now introduce yourself to Tim. Tell Tim who you are.
17: Hey, Tim. This is Andrew Cantwell, and uh, I'm the gentleman who was attacked at Albertsons on 185th and West Union.
1: But he's in a promo, Tim. Where You're the guy in that promo where you say, don't bring your big city crime to the suburbs because you stabbed the guy.
17: Yeah, uh yeah, he he tried to attack me and I ended up taking his knife from him and stabbing him the assailant.
1: I remember you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we did there's a whole promo running about it right now where Tim said, "Do you have the promo, Sarah?" Um Actually, yeah. I haven't heard
17: the promo yet. There's sure a, there's a, just, a promo running.
1: There's a promo running where Tim is talking about the story and Tim is saying, "All you people thinking about bringing your big city crime to the suburbs, think again."
3: You know what you would have called
1: it? It's uh it's in it's it's called um Suburban crime or big city crime, crime, something like that, stabbing, something Suburban like that. Suburban justice? Suburban justice. Oh, thank God. Okay, so this is the guy. So hold on for a second, sir. So we'll play this. If you haven't heard We're not of the
6: Emerson Show lately, you haven't heard this.
5: Yeah. All you people who think you're going to bring your big city crime to the suburbs. Think again. Think again. 17-year-old boy was sent to the hospital after he and another teen tried to rob a guy outside of Albertsons. And Bethany, the victim took the knife and slashed him. Good like for you. Like a slasher movie. Excellent. we have the victim's name? He's a
1: 24-year-old Andrew Cantwell. Congratulations, Andrew. Well done, Andrew Cantwell. God bless you. You should have set them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you should have him real slow. More of an elongated poking.
5: Apparently, the two misguided teens in a red Nissan pickup truck. the uh, tow police, he took the knife away and stabbed one of them. So yeah, there. Yeah, not so funny Then they now. ran away in the red pickup truck.
1: Little hooligan bastards. Now
5: the inside upholstery is a little bit of red. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should just start wearing red clothing from now on if you go to that part of the city. So stay out of our suburbs. Yeah. All right, there you go. So, so Andrew, congratulations from us.
17: Oh, thank you very much. I just wanted to call and say thanks, guys, for the... You know, the advertisement and whatnot, and, you know, this is the first interview I've done.
1: Was it a good, was it a satisfying feeling when you when you stabbed him?
17: Not really. I mean, it was just kind of like a endurance, I mean, not endurance, but uh, drill and took over.
1: Yeah, it was probably kind of a blur.
17: Yeah, it was. It was just like, I don't even remember taking a knife. The next thing I remember is like looking at him and just stabbing him in the chest.
1: Excellent. Now, uh, how did you hear that we had discussed it?
17: Uh, my friend Tim Trout uh, had called me two days ago. I was actually out of town. I was in Phoenix.
1: Well, here's to you, Tim Trout, and here's to you, Andrew Cantwell. Way to stab a guy who clearly had it coming. You are the hero for today. Really, sir? You are, we, yes, you are the listener of the week. You need to oh. be talking about high school graduation. We Really, they ought to send you out as a motivational speaker. Somebody tries to give you a little guff, you give it right back to him in spades.
17: Well, I mean, the, the funniest thing is, is like, uh, uh, I was picking up trash in the parking lot. They, they don't put that in the news article, but I was just picking up trash on my way home and-
1: Minding your own business.
17: Yeah, just minding my own business. And then, uh, this Nissan pickup, uh, came up on me and one of the guys had a ski mask on.
2: Yeah. I
17: was like, alright, this is gonna be trouble. And then they go, what are you doing? I was just like, I'm picking up trash. And then they're like, well, we need money. And then they showed me the knife. And, uh, I was like, well, you're gonna have to come
1: and stab me. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Excellent. Badass. And then he, and then they tried to stab him. You just took it and stabbed him back?
17: Well, he then proceeded to exit the pickup. I was like three spaces down. And he went around me, and I was just kind of uh, standing there like, okay, this is actually happening. <laughs> I, I heard a knife up against my jacket as he was reaching in my right pocket. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, it just snapped. Like, it just, you know, this is happening. And the next thing I know, he was in front of me, and I was going into his chest.
5: Excellent. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. What was the look on his face as you did it?
17: Uh, just utter surprise. Did he say ow? No, he didn't say anything. I didn't hear one word from him. The funniest thing was
2: <laughs>
17: uh when it, after I had stabbed him after we were in the scuffle, his friend comes around the corner and then goes to his friend and he goes He's dying.
1: Did you, did, did, you, <laughs> did you? We're glad to hear it. You say that was the intended goal. That was the goal. Excellent. Well, thank you, Andrew. Good for you. All right. Good for you, sir. The Rick Emerson Show salutes you, Andrew Cantwell. We need, we more, need more. people. I was right just going to say we need more brave men like you. All right. If somebody tries to take your stuff, you give them a good stabbing. All right. R- Muggery? Muggery? That's a stabbing. All right. Back, back after this. It. The Rick Emerson Show wraps it up after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Best show ever excellent what a great day all right uh we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day the final segment of the rick emerson radio program um we have two minutes really Uh i don't have time for more Aussie calls let's see what can i read hold on
3: i was talking without my microphone on again and I didn't even realize Just it. now? Yeah. That's
1: so sad. So I'm unclear. It's your, it's your left ear?
3: My left ear. can't hear
1: out of All right. I made that cheap joke earlier, but I was unsure about which, which ear it even was. So you're going to go to the doctor. Are you going to call the doctor today anyway?
3: I'm going to call them after the show. All right. Hopefully that's my doctor. Or my place.
1: Well, you you are a CBS, uh, you know, employee. They will. Okay. Uh, it Presumably. Yeah. So. All right. Well. So there you go. Yeah. And they may. I mean, they may not. Uh, they may not give you an appointment right now. It may be depending. You have to. Sometimes they'll try to send you to a regular doctor, which is a couple days away. You can though ask. You can specifically request uh, that. Well, they,
3: it is affecting my job performance.
1: If it's. Uh, if, if you can. Uh, you can actually request. You can say, look, this is a thing that I need to get taken care of now. Can you send me to an, uh, 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 an urgent care clinic? And they will find an urgent care clinic within the program, as they say, within okay. the system that they'll send you to. All right, I'll so, come the Jingle this afternoon. No, the thing about it is, and again, I don't mean it, I know there are many, many, many people uh, everywhere who got no kind of health care. So I, I'm not trying to be like, a, hey, look at us in our big fancy health care. So let me be honest. I, I worked in radio for many, many, many years. Sometimes hearing about a guy who knew a guy who once talked to a guy who used to work with a guy that had health care. So, I trust me, I, it's not, not, not a thing I take for granted. So, I'm a guy who has health care, and I continue to insist that everybody ought to be given health care. So, um... But uh, but when you just call up and they just go, okay, well, we're going to make an appointment for tomorrow and here's the doctor's name and here's the address. It's simultaneously great and then really angering and mm-hmm. then terrifying because it's great because you're going to the doctor and you just called one number and they take care of it. B, it's angering because then you think about like, the 20 years you didn't have it and it just infuriates you. And then C, you start to think about, Jesus, what if I've been hit by a bus four years ago? I'd just be in a wheelchair. Except you probably wouldn't even be in a wheelchair. You'd just be sitting downtown with the gutter punks, hoping that they didn't set you on fire. So, which know.
3: I'm gonna start reading that book today.
1: All got Children. That's it's what, a great what book. I think I'm gonna do today. It's a great book. i
3: probably yeah, I'm in a reading mood.
1: Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a pretty dark book, but it's fantastic. All Got Children by Renée Denfield. Uh, We want to thank CNN radio correspondents James Roop, as well as Bob Costantini and our good friend, The Low, who called up. uh, No Mr. Skin today, so we'll try to figure out what's up with, uh, we'll fix his wagon. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, it's Tim Riley, the PA, Scotty J, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn. Join us tomorrow. We uh, move ever closer to the leaving of Scotty J from the Rick Emerson Show, so we'll talk more about that. Don't go anywhere. Like us next, Donna Mike at 7. As always, my friends, don't let the bastards grind it down. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. See y'all tomorrow.
2: Bye. After the break, we're going to interview Eric Weyhenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest.